Hello all guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast brought to you on YouTube, on Spotify, on Google, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Austin. I'm a knockout. Watched a lot of wrestling. I'm David. I'm a noob. Haven't watched nearly as much wrestling. And man, I'm so excited to go from one show where uh, I, I feel I feel like Goldilocks, all right? I feel like we're jumping from one episode where it was, oh my God, way too much wrestling uh and in to to an episode that's gonna be oh my god not nearly enough wrestling where where is the goldilocks ratio austin where where is it just right i need that because i know we're about to jump in to some dumb fuck boxing matches that i couldn't give less of a shit about hey man this is we're on the final episode of the first round of the oh oh are we oh that's so i'm so glad I'm so glad we're we're on the final episode of the first round. Thank thank you. We gotta establish all the players. What three episodes in, and we're done with the first round? To be fair, we are basically we, we're gonna we are ba- we're skipping a lot of the second round. Based, based and red pilled. Oh my god. Yeah. So. Now it is where we're going to watch tonight the July 20th, 1998 episode of Raw, but a week after the last one we watched. So, oh, wow. Nothing Fuck. really, nothing really new to, uh, you know, damn, they're not, they're not filling in the holes on the, on the smack. Oh, wait, no, because there's soft brand. No SmackDown yet. There's oh fuck wait no SmackDown yet back in this back in these back at night in this point ninety eight it is just raw they haven't even started Sunday Night Heat yet what oh my god I forgot there was a time that they only had one show running yeah W you know currently AEW is following the trajectory of late nineties WWF in that they have their main show raw is war and then they get a second show that they totally hype up as being just as significant as the first show a very important sunday night heat and then it's quickly <laughs> forgotten about partially because it's in a shitty time slot and then they get a new show that they're like trust us this time it's important <laughs> this is the important show equally important to raw <laughs> I will say, I will say, I am looking forward to, like, Rampage leaning into just being the new Dark. Um, because I like Dark, and I like Rampage. I, fuck the haters. Um, I, I'm excited to watch, like, the, the, the mid-carters get to just, like, trounce around for an hour. I, I'm, I'm here for it, all right? Yeah. Well, I guess to be fair to 98 Raw, I guess, I, I think Shotgun Saturday Night was still airing at this point. The fuck is 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 that another like is it is it a show show or is that like a weird like not to not to give too much away to what is definitely a future arc on this podcast oh uh, oh shotgun oh no. Saturday Night was initially envisioned as like the late night adult WWF show where they did shit in nightclubs except it within six weeks they gave up on the concept and it became just another shitty D show that they filmed before. For raw oh boy oh that's exciting but when they were still in the nightclubs oh my god oh no oh and, and... why just, do you delight in torturing me just i just i want put in your head adult wrestling show 
but as isn't done that by fucking, Vince McMahon. Isn't that what fucking Raw is supposed to be? Because hey, 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 no condom. No, no, this is the difference between TV 14 WWF and leaning to don't, TV MA WWF. No, no. Oh my God. It's just, it's just going to be Vince making sex jokes for an hour. And again, take look like it's like imagine a, a wrestling show for adults only, but also it's done through the mind of Vince McMahon. Oh my god! So psychosexual bullshit abounds is what I'm hearing. Oh, oh very much so. But that is a different oh, no. arc of this podcast. After ah! like after like six episodes. They give up on the idea of trying to do a wrestling show out of nightclubs, and they You're just put six it on very Raw. Specifically, it's going to be a six-episode arc, isn't it? Yes, it is because Fuck we have to you. watch. All, no. We have to watch all of them. We no, have we to don't. watch them all. I can already tell that. No, we don't. I found a YouTube channel that I'm not going to name because if I did that, that you know, more, more, you know, if you draw attention to the channel, then it might go away. But I found a YouTube channel that is uploading every episode of Shotgun Saturday Night. <laughs> oh yeah, baby! I love me, I love me some hot strip club wrestling action. Absolutely. You know, you know what strip clubs are missing, Austin? K Wrestling. K You're correct. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's review then July 13th, 1998. In yes, the Brawl for All tournament, what's this open with it? Is please. we think it might be worked now. As... Yeah, uh, the jury's still out on that one. Yeah, because Bob, the the mid, new Midnight Express, bodacious Bob and bombastic Bart, or maybe it's the other way around. I don't actually care. Um, fight each other. Bart Gunn wins, and they start like fighting some more after the match, as if so. Either this is a work, or Bob Holly worked himself into a shoot. <laughs> yeah. Do do is there an official like? deliberation on that or is that like spoilers did like not a clue i got not nothing. a clue D does does anyone on the iwc have any idea i don't think anyone cares enough about the brawl for all to That's, look into it we oh no wait i'm getting more invested in the brawl for all than the iwc oh uh, no what is this show doing to me and then dan severn beat the Godfather was most assuredly the most boring one of these fights yet. He as Dan Severn, like the meta, if I remember correctly, he did it shittily. He basically like got up after the first round, and after that, he kind of just tried to like infinite grapple <laughs> Godfather. Oh yeah, the stupidest version of like spamming, essentially. He basically has tried to like sit on it for two rounds. Oh my god! Also, man. Godfather being in this is so bizarre. Yeah, but we got two more tonight. And I don't know. I, I think they get I think they've released the bracket by now. It would be more fun to just mention it, I think. So here are the matches for tonight. We have Quebecer Pierre, uh, aka the future PCO. Yeah, that's so... You, you were telling me about that, and that's... Time is weird. 
versus Dr. Death, Steve Williams. And I will be saving some more to talk about him later in Dr. the back half. Death. Dr. Death, you said? Dr. Death, Steve oh, no. Williams. Oh, no. I versus, diagnose you with dead. Versus eight ball of the DOA. You know, the white nationalist bikers. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, fuck. We're in the race war. Time. There, it's the race war is basically dead, but all the groups are still here. Yeah, yeah. So, well, uh, no, because nation is still very much intact. Yeah, but they're not really fighting. They're now fighting DX. And well, yeah, well, I mean, the DX did blackface, DX pulled... so I guess we can't say that the race is gone. Racial tensions are still run running high at the WWF at the moment. Yeah, you know, eight ball uh, of the Harris twins who both are might be the shittiest wrestlers to have consistent employment in wrestling and really? also may or may not be Nazis. We don't really know. They Wait, have like for they, real, for real. For yes. You oh, know, it's, it's, it's one no. of those like they got like the Iron Cross tattoos and they're like, no, guys, we just really like metal and motorcycles. Man, you couldn't even cover it up by saying we were that invested in kayfabe. No, you had to say, you had to try to fucking write it off. Oh, that's not, that's the, the stupidest way to hide your power level. Oh, my bad. They don't have the Iron Cross. That's, that's a mistake. I, I, I miss, I miss, I miss that. Mm. Is that no, uh, in 2002, they appeared on a TNA pay-per-view wearing, uh, shirts with the Nazi SS symbol. And in fact, they also have SS tattoos. Oh my God. That just made my, it my worse. Oh yeah. No, thank, thank you for correcting that. You know, really, uh, really bolstering their credibility here. Uh, don't I, I don't want it to be said on this podcast that I misalign any we are, wrestlers. We have journalistic integrity here at the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. Yeah, we they don't have, have iron. A, we we want to make iron, sure we you know, they don't have iron cross tats that you could argue they just got they just took because they really like Motorhead. No, they guys, have we really like the letter tats. S and and vague lightning bolt shapes. The S stands for the last letter of each of their names. Uh, sitter. Yeah, Sitter. Originally, I was going to go with the initials for Babysitter, but then I'd be running around with a big old BS, and you understand why. <laughs> yeah. I rewatched that short one the other day, so now that, that fucking like, BS joke is just in my head. Yeah, the the Don and Ron Harris have, have, been, such, have been such illustrious tag teams as... Don Bruise and Ron Bruise, the Bruise oh, yeah. brothers, the Br Eli the Blue Br and Jacob Blue, the Blue Twins, Jared, Gr Jared Grimm and Jason Grimm, the Grimm Twins, they Skull, don't even... and, Skull and Eight Ball, the Disciples of Apocalypse, the Nazis, and, yes, and Patrick and Gerard, Creative Control, which was a WCW meta joke. Patrick and Gerard, AK and Jer, excuse me, Patrick and Gerald, like Pat Patterson and Gerald, and Gerald Briscoe. Gerald Briscoe. Okay. Yeah, I don't think. See, I don't think WCW gets to make jokes like that, considering the 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 Bischoff and the Russo of it all. But Russo you know. is who the Russo is who pitched that shit. Yeah, why am I? Yeah, wow, really? You don't say. It's when, it's when it, Vince, I had no idea. 
it's when Vince Russo what became head writer and uh Jeff Jarrett had the Harris twins as his backup and they were known as creative control. Man, it's get not it? like I could have because like... get it because Jeff yes. Jarrett was bros with Vince Russo, so he had creative control. Man, it's not like I it's not like I could like psychically divine that Vince Russo was behind a concept as petty and, and dumb meta as that. Fuck off. Anyway, uh, A-Ball is taking on Scorpio. Like, too cold. Oh, too cold's here? Yeah, too cold also got in the shoot fight tournament. Oh, no, buddy, you're better than that. Has he, have we seen him on WWF programming before? I feel like we've seen him at least once. We saw, because he was on the ECW. uh, He was on ECW, oh, I think he was in... One of the old Raws, this is such a weird pull to, for me to remember, is like Terry Funk was like, I need a partner from ECW, and out came Too Cold Scorpio instead oh of my God. what well, I assumed was like someone more notable for ECW. Cool. Wrestler I have seen live in an absolute fever dream of a match against fucking Minoru Suzuki, of all people. Mm-hmm. Um, Too Cold Scorpio is here. Well, that's nifty. Yeah. So that's the brawl for all tonight. Uh, in addition, we also we now have the continued build to fully loaded, headlined oh, by Undertaker and Steve Austin versus Kane and Mankind. But ba ba ba, are Undertaker and Kane in cahoots? Oh my god, are we gonna watch fully loaded? No, we're not. Okay, they didn't progress the brawl for all at fully loaded, so we're not mm. watching. Fully I loaded. wonder why they would think it was not a good idea to put the brawl for all on pay per view. Hmm. And as a good reminder to myself that this is the go home show to fully loaded. So next time, before next time, I have to watch fully loaded. Damn, you should you should do it belligerently drunk. To, to fit in with the name and also i gotta be loaded gotta be fully loaded and probably how much it's gonna suck you know dull the pain a little bit yeah anyway basically the undertaker basically right now the under under steve austin doesn't trust that the undertaker and kane aren't in cahoots Cut. uh yeah because basically undertaker and kane keep running into each other and not it's, trying to murder each other which feels suspicious when two months ago they had an entire match devoted to we're gonna set each other on fire so it's like this feels weird that you just have all made up and now you don't want to beat each other with chairs this is it's just from the little i've seen of it it feels like the most convoluted bullshit but like it i feel like it's either gonna go in like the most obvious direction of like yes they are obviously in cahoots or it's just gonna like they're not gonna like know exactly the story they're telling this is gonna kind of peter off can't say i know how it goes i mean i know what i know what pay-per-view matches this leads this feud leads to but i don't remember i don't know the week-to-week stuff um kane and mankind kane and mankind beat dx twice in the same night to gain and then retain the tag titles oh yeah i remember that that was stupid too we'll get to dx in a second Mm. um and so now stone cold is like i don't like I'm in a tag team match with you and I don't know if you're about to betray me and it's going to become three on one and undertaker for reasons is deciding to not be helpful. And in fact, just make himself look more suspicious. 
Yeah, seriously. Again, Anyone if, who if questions him, like, he's just like, you can go to hell. And it's like, I, dude, just clear this up. The Attitude Era, I, I think the Attitude Era just kind of like knocked off 20 IQ points from each one of these characters just so they can make all their like contrived, edgy bullshit happen. Because that's what it feels like. It's like, we got to come up with excuses for like these crazy twists to happen all episode, you know, really snag the channel surfers. Um, But like, you know, if you're actually paying attention, they, they all make, you know, exactly like zero sense, probably even like negative sense. And Vince is like half acting like he's like, I got to be the boss and get down to this business and half stoking the flames because in his mind, you know, the more uh, trouble, the more trouble for Stone Cold, the better. Yeah, pretty much. What do I care? As long as, as long as they're united against Stone Cold, what does it really matter? There's, it's not, it's not like any of this could backfire on me. That is a that is a thought that Vince McMahon has never had in his head. This Vince could backfire McMahon. on me. I should be careful. Vince McMahon says full ahead, full steam ahead. Fucking, I don't know. I don't know. He's my my man. My head empty. There is no. There is nothing rattling around in there, but just a little screensaver of a stack of a stack of dollar bills. Yeah. So moving on to the Rock to the Nation and the and DX. Um. Mm-hmm. They basically, after DX got done blackfacing it up two weeks ago. Blackfacing all over the place. So much blackface that Peacock cut the segment forever. Based. Fucking based. So, basically, the nation spent the entirety of the episode brawling with DX. And I last time I talked about how, like, I appreciated this episode more than some of them we've watched because... I, it because because the episode was so focused on DX and the nation, they have so many fucking segments together here that they don't have time to do dumber characters that I like less. And that's I, fair. That is fair. I still hold to that. But upon like re-listening to the last episode of the podcast and kind of thinking on it more, I hate it more than I did before. And I'll and I'll oh. tell you why is because they do all this brawling. And all this fighting, and it builds to nothing. It le it, it doesn't advance the story of DX and the nation even a little bit. It's just there to watch these guys fight each other again and again and again and again. Yeah, I I need to I need to go back and re-listen to that episode, but like I do remember having this feeling of like this is not this is not like it's it's we're running in circles here. The only real plot progression is the nation reacting to the blackface segment with the promo they had in the back. Yeah, but even then, like, they didn't really talk about it all that mm-hmm. much. Yeah, they beat up Jason Sensation, and then yeah. the rest of the episode, it's them just running in to fight DX because it got a and brawl. You would, Excitement! You would, like, the, the, it, it boggles my mind, the fact that they just refused to lampshade the fact that what DX did was extremely racist and that the nation just wasn't allowed to call that out, presumably. Which is no weird. one said a damn thing about it. Which is kind of weird because, like, it's not like they've avoided racial, racially charged moments with the nation. Even, even ignoring it's not like the, the feds r- avoided racially charged moments, period. Like, in 97, they did a whole storyline where 
DX defaced the locker room of the Nation of Domination and tried to pin it on the Hart Foundation being racists. Um, and Nation, of course, fell for it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, see, that's We got thing. a little bit of... We actually got a little bit of that when we first did Attitude Era stuff. Yeah, I, I remember that. I th- mm. See, but here's the thing is I think the difference is that, like, Vince is just okay with blackface. Like... I think that's just it. Fucking like he he would do this thing. It seems like where he's like, oh well, there are you know bad bigoted people in the world, and we need to depict. Uh, we we have to depict that in our in our programming. We we we, we want to feel like the real world. But then like, if you fucking like, like none of it ever gets properly lampshaded. Like it's it's it, like it feels like Vince is just happy to have a conduit to like put on a mm-hmm. fucking minstrel show, and, and he like, was it's- able to do the the, the racially charged stuff previously because it's like the nation basically being too militant too militant of sjw's to like be effective that's fair um and i think like you i think you get a sense of i always i'm always of the opinion you get a sense like if you if there is any reliable narrator within wrestling it is baby faces and specifically baby face commentators yeah like like all rest heels are you always have to take with a grain of salt how much is like how much is this an authorial track and how much is it heels just being dickheads that yeah. require like like in regular fiction it takes more effort to be able to piece that kind of thing out because sometimes bad guys just say and have bad opinions because they're bad guys because they're bad but, guys. yeah but baby faces you can generally assume to be people telling the truth or or an, and being and supporting things that are considered good well right? at, at least in theory again running theory. running motto on this podcast of if you're a baby face you can get away with notable ba- I, I notable baby notable face, baby noted ba- face, noted yes. baby face is a joke i have for a reason anyway yes. but my point is generally you can trust especially from commentators that the baby face commentator is presenting the viewpoint that the they want you the viewers to also have and that viewpoint and jr case- also laughed at the nation parody although that to be fair that could just be jr just liking minstrel show which I would not totally put past him. He is an old. He is an old man from he's Oklahoma. Old but... man. He's an old white guy from Oklahoma, and uh, probably has some prejudices in there that he doesn't talk mm-hmm. about all that much. But you know, the, the whole ba- old baby. Yeah. So my point is basically like everything presented on the show suggests that yeah. Vince just is cool with blackface. Yeah, like uh, uh, that's one hundred percent what it, it is. It's he doesn't really have. Up. He doesn't really have any deeper commentary than that. DX is Fucked ostensibly up. the baby faces because sure, suck it. <laughs> right. So. Oh yeah! Much- Fuck! They're they're not even. Wait, DX are the baby faces? They're acting like heels. Even outside of the no. blackface, they're acting like heels. They're they're the baby faces. The nation have never been the baby faces. They're but now, especially it, under the rock. Like isn't wait, no, but rock is like mega over at this point. He is getting over in that like got bat we actually unironically like the bad guy kind of way, but he's still kind of supposed to be the bad guy. Oh. Wait, isn't Lawler a heel commentator though? He is. Yeah, because it was fucking Lawler who was palling around with Jason Sensation on the last episode. 
Oh my god, mm. it's all so fucked. The, it's, the, it's, the, the answer is it's all stupid and it's whatever Vince thinks is like funny and edgy and cool. That's fair. I was like, hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh, basically my point is that Nation and Rock, Nation and Rock, Nation and DX, I'm sure will continue to do shit tonight. Probably brawl some more. Um, was crazy watching X. X-Pac pin the rock. That's a thing that happened. That's that's got life. some big Wheeler Yuta tweeting I pinned Kenny Omega energy. Yeah. Uh some other storylines that advanced in the prior week. Val Venus uh totally made up with Miss with Mystery with Yamaguchi San oh my God. by doing a porno called Land of the Rising Venus. How dare you not make a good pun out of that? Um no, I didn't take the time to think of a pun, but it's not my job to come up with porn pa- with parody porn titles. So, <laughs> really, Land of the Rising Venus, where basically Val Venus gets a blowjob from Gasp, Mrs. Yamaguchi sign. Ah, uh, yes. And it was when re-listening to this episode, I really recognized realized that like neither Yamaguchi-san nor Mrs. Yamaguchi-san have actual first names presented. Like wait, is- Mrs. Yamaguchi-san, I believe that Yamaguchi-san just we don't ever hear a full name from him. Is his character what? Nope, I'm pretty sure not. Nope, Yamaguchi-san. That's just the name. That's just his okay. real name with San it, at the end. Uh, yeah. Get it, Japanese. Japanese. He's from he's from Japan, or as they call it, Nippon. Isn't that hey, white people? Fucking now, God, now fucking I'll be honest. Now I want to know if it's if it's his real wife. Um Fuck, I didn't even think of that. That could just be a kayfabe wife. I want to know if that's Yamaguchi-san's real wife. I wouldn't um, put it past him to just give him a kayfabe wife for this. Fuck! I don't put it past him to have his real wife do it. Well, that too. It's kind of stupid in either direction, just in different ways. It is, um, it is unclear, but I would say, um, probably kayfabe. Okay, sure. Based on what I'm looking at on the Wikipedia page, I would guess it's kayfabe more than I would guess that it isn't. Okay. All right. That works. I don't want to say anything in case it comes up during this arc, like why I think, like, I think, I don't think it's his real wife, but don't know for sure. I suppose Wikipedia doesn't make it clear. You're too much of a, you, you, you don't get a real, you don't, you don't get a real wife fucker anyway take take one for you anyway after val venus's shitty fake apology he he promos his porn movie live on raw except they badly censor out everything to the point where you can see that he is not having sex with anyone that there is no there is nothing on display it's it they could have done a zillion things to like ham it up and make the censors like so over the top that like yeah it could be covering anything but like no it's just blurring and you can tell the blurring does not match colors for things yeah oh anyway stupid. val so stupid but val uh is fucking mrs yamaguchi-san yay and i hope they that, 
is going to pay off in the craziest thing ever that we're not even going to cover on this podcast because I already know what episode I know what episodes we're skipping and one of the and the payoff to this shit is getting skipped and and I have to just watch it myself and describe it in a future episode. I'm very excited. I feel like it'll bring you a lot of pain and I'm thinking I'm going to find that very funny. Yeah, it kind of will. Uh, Mark Marrow continues to be the dipshittiest wrestler in the Cole fucking company. Oh my God. He's as stupid. Because the guy cheats extensively and still loses. <laughs> and then aren't they doing the whole thing with like Sable's finally broken up with him, so he's got a new girlfriend? Yes, he or... has Jacqueline as his new hot mm-hmm. babe, and Jacqueline yes. and Sable are going to have a bikini contest at Fully Loaded. And in the meantime, that. Mark Marrow is losing all the time. He's losing all the time forever, including in the Brawl for All. Yep. Straight up, no wins. Ever. No dubs. No, no du- dubs. No dubs Marrow. That's what they call him. No dubs Marrow. Uh, only other thing worth bringing up from the last episode is we got to watch old man Vader, uh, post fat piece of shit Vader, oh. uh, look like shit. Oh, oh, oof, we ow, and watch some peak WCW Vader so you can really appreciate this guy because the WWF no. version ain't it. Yeah, because I feel like he he was good at a time he had to be in he order was. to fucking beat Antonio Inoki. Oh, yeah, he was massively respected as in Japan and was a big star in WCW in the early to mid-90s. Well, that's fucking sick. Yes, please. I want to actually have a reason to like that guy. So, uh, if you would like to watch along with us, you can do that at uh, Peacock uh, NBC Universal Streaming Service. Uh, It is, again, we will be back in the back half to discuss the July 20th, 1998 episode of Raw. The final episode of the first round of the Brawl oh, for the All. First tournament. round. Perspective. Perspective. It's, it's one day at a time. That's a good attitude to have. I want to die. And we are back. We have finished the July 20th, 1998 episode of Raw is War. The war zone. We are back in it. Uh, the war zone where if you pay attention to the the opening like video segment where they're you know fucking Austin's no, 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 where you got a bunch of dudes in ring, but like if you really look closely, none of them are really executing any actual moves on each other. They're all just vaguely punching at each other. If you yeah. like actually look, like granted, if you miss it. I don't blame you because that shit's going to trigger anyone with the slightest case of fucking uh, epilepsy. If you do Um, enough quick cuts and explosions, then no one has, then you, then everything looks cool. And they'll notice you, they'll they'll never notice you did. You didn't go to the trouble of, uh, of choreographing what's happening in that fucking ring. And I, I think epilepsy requires being a certain, like a certain color at a certain pace. Okay. I I think it should be fine. Okay. Thank you, Meltzer. Uh, Hey, (laughs) <laughs> just pick that one up <laughs> all right we start the show uh where jr no no pay-per-view recap no prior week recap video well not yet walk. anyway and i was like yeah i see why that's gonna happen uh yeah. 
JR is like welcoming us to Raw for the most controversial pay-per-view of all time. The fully uh, what loaded. Is that, what does that mean, JR? What I do you also mean wanted to know. Like, what is so controversial about what this pay-per-view? Controversy is getting stoked up by this. Like, what what about this could even be like the most controversial thing you guys have done in recent memory at this point is blackface, and you're not even fucking acknowledging it. And nobody is. So, like, what is the controversy? Well, JR pointed out tonight, but in a throwaway comment. Yeah, well, yeah, but again, not by being like, oh, that disgusting display of blackface. He called it a fucking parody of the nation. True. And that True. was a, that was it. And then he just moves on. But yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, so uh, consequently, since we're about to hit the most controversial pay-per-view in recent memory, that means tonight's going to be serving up a super extra special controversial episode of Raw, I guess. Uh, let's see Let's see where we get on the controversy. Yeah, so tonight, okay? Vince open, comes out to the show. It's getting, still, getting booed before his annou- the announcement. He has no music. And he yeah, also booed. no way in hell. Where the hell is no way in hell? That no chance in hell i think or no chance i'm in pretty hell. sure january 99 is when he debuts no chance in hell really other uh, before that he has no music because he's not a wrestler so that's the argument oh shit i assumed like i assumed as soon as he pulled out the evil mr mcmahon persona no chance in hell dropped no oh fuck okay uh but vince comes out to the ring to cut a promo and he says tonight is a night for reflection, hmm. a night for showing proper respect for your fellow men. Yeah, and but how can I focus on that when there's so much controversy? And a night for retribution if you don't. <laughs> and Vince actually, he manages to turn it to actually call back to this entire thesis statement. He he presents he a does. proper research He's... paper <laughs> of an argument. In this essay, I will. I will. Vince I says, do. Oh, you guys. I, sorry, I, I just, I just want to say I do appreciate like the, how the Mister McMahon character talks like a fucking dweeb. He really like, he's Vince... leaning into this idea that he is a corporate boss. Yeah, and like a, a dweeby pencil pusher at that. Mm-hmm. Like my man, my man is fucking a. He's like you know he's like hmm. What do people of the extreme nineties hate? Fucking nerds. Uh, and he's also like just hiding his power level, waiting until mm-hmm. he can rip his shirt off in a roid rage and show off how yeah. Like he actually when is. you push when you push him, you get the sociopath underneath. Yeah, but normal, not mad Vince portrays this total dork pet corporate pencil pusher i agree i know i know and like constantly speaking in pr speak or whatever you yeah know. so vince says first let's time to reflect on recent events of the now number one contender the undertaker yeah we so and- the, here we get the recap we see all the shit we've seen uh recently of like basically honestly from when we started this he has like yeah basically he cut he has like five he has like five clips first he throws it to a replay from two weeks ago when taker did the dress-up routine Mm -hmm. and and then go yes where was kane that night did the undertaker have him locked up somewhere did the undertaker go down to the sears store and say yes i would like a kane suit Man, there's nothing I there's nothing I love more than going down to the Sears men's store and saying I want a cane suit, please. What a I, fucking my, 
How dated of a reference is that now? Is it's my it's my favorite. Beers? Well, yeah. Now, actually, nowadays, sorry, I go to the men's warehouse for it. They're, yeah. It's completely different. Or did the Undertaker work in conjunction with his brother Kane? And I wrote, Vince is just asking questions. <laughs> Vince is this close to doing a Glenn Beck uh, cameo spot on Raw. It would be more Rush Limbaugh in ninety in ninety eight. Oh, that's true. That's true. Limbaugh was doing that shtick first. Yeah. Uh, so Vince then sent so it was a replay video when he asked last week about the cahoots. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. So last week it was made pretty obvious by that whole fucking taker stops uh 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 whoever the fuck from getting the pin. Um on Kane, who was who was even fucking fighting? Hey, uh, don't, it was Road Dog. I think. Road Dog, but don't he's, yeah, but so, don't so he's spoil not, it all yet because <laughs> he has no replay. He shows all the replays of this. Yeah, yeah, okay, well, okay. So it's Kane and Road. They're it's for the tag champs, and Kane's gonna get a pin, or Road Dog's gonna get a pin on Kane, and then Taker comes in and stops and stops that from happening. Um. And then Steve Austin is like, what the fuck? And then later on, Road Dog's about to get the pin on Kane, and Steve Austin tries to make the count, and Taker stops him and is like, what the fuck? So it's pretty, that makes it pretty obvious, right? That this whole dumbass cahoots thing has been resolved. Obviously, Taker is working with Kane because why the fuck would he want the belt on a motherfucker that he wasn't, like, allied with? Um, but no, I guess we're just gonna keep milking this. <laughs> As if yeah. it weren't blatantly obvious at this point. Right. Uh, I, in one of, gaslit in real time. I, speaking of gaslit in real time, and in one of my favorite, I think, subtle Vince heel, heel things he's ever done, and it's only really, you can only really notice it having watched this back-to-back, recent, like, watched it recently enough to, like, pay attention and remember this stuff. Vince goes, in a stroke of genius, it came to me last week that he, that, the hat basically Vince takes credit for the tag team rematch idea last week. When last week that was Triple H lobbying to Vince Man. to get Road Dog and Billy Gunn another tag title match that night. Him being like, "You want a cahoots? Solve the cahoots problem, Vince. I got an idea for you." And I'm Vince so is glad. like, and a week later, Vince is like, "In a genius idea by me, I decided <laughs> to set up." undertaker in in a test man what where does the mr mcmahon character start and the real the real vince end because like because like because like is that not the real vince's entire career somebody else has an idea and and uh uh and and vince is like that's genius good thing i thought of that good thing i thought of it so he sets up he sets up throws to multiple replays of the match. I wrote, gotta love time filling opening segments. So they just monologue about what happened last week. Um, but after that, after all that shit, he's like, is the undertaker in cahoots with his brother Kane? And he announces undertaker to come out here and answer him again. Again. Yeah. We're, we're just running this segment back. Very repetitive story beats. Oh my for God. This. They they already kind of hit the hit the beats they wanted to hit to get to this uh, tag we're, match. We're here again, I guess. 
And okay. But yeah, Taker so, Taker comes out and confronts confronts Vince, and Vince is like, Taker, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. No, uh, I, I, I kind of like this from Vince. Um, this I like I kind of like this part. Is Vince is Vince he's disappointed in him, and he's like, We've seen the reflection, so now let's talk about respect. And he's like, Vent Taker, you entertainer, you publicly humiliated me. And you hurt my feelings. And yeah, see, I, I will say humiliated. This part, this part is this part is completely kayfabe, Vince, because uh, uh, real Vince. Here. Well, no, well, mostly because well. real Vince doesn't have feelings. But okay, <laughs> he's like you to be publicly humiliated by someone who, as the owner, is my job to be responsible for. Well, it doesn't make me feel good at all. And after he attempts to make Taker feel bad, he's like, well, if you're going to be the champion you really want to be, then you're going to have to start showing respect for the proper people. You can't do it alone. You can't just do it with the, the support of these people. You need me. And last week, your actions were disrespectful, disparaging, and insolent. And I won't take it anymore. <sighs> okay, dude. And Vince is like, if if you show me proper respect, you won't be a flash in the pan champion like Stone Cold Steve Austin will prove to be. <sighs> and he goes, I ask you one last time. Are you and your brother Kane in cahoots? And Undertaker hesitates to answer. And enough time for Vince to go, answer me, damn it! And Vince and Tager just stares at him, does not respond. And then he's like, all right, have it your way, then. Let's talk about retribution. Now, retribution is revenge. And Thank goes, you. Thank you, Vince. I needed that definition. And he says, if Taker is to be a champion for the ages, he sometimes he needs to learn the hard lessons and learn them the hard way. Yeah, Vince is out here telling Taker he needs to pull himself up by his extremely leather bootstraps. And he's going to learn a lesson tonight. Because in this very ring tonight, in one corner will be The Undertaker. And in the other corner will be Kane and... Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. This is the... Okay, so this is the plot point on which the rest of the A plot of this episode is predicated... And it's so stupid. It's this is the dumbest fucking plot ever. So you actively suspect that Taker and Kane might be in cahoots with each other. And your solution to all of this shit is, oh yeah, let's put Kane in a match with The Undertaker. I'm sure that if the two of them are maybe in cahoots, it'll be like, like Kane could just lay down for him. This is not hard. Well, I mean, that's what he wants. He wants, like, in his mind, if Kane and Taker don't fight each other, that's proof. Like, he is trying to set up a scenario where Taker has to fight Kane if this, if they're not in cahoots. And if they are in cahoots, they'll just two-on-one mankind. And except, either except, way, like, Vince will get the answer he like wants. That. He presents it as, like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Prove yourself in a fucking handicap match so you can be the champ. Well, that's what he says it is, but I, but I think Vin, you know the actual motivations of Vince here is again this is like a test to Undertaker to prove what side maybe. he's on. Here. I, maybe I I I I can see that logic, and I would like to believe it, but I I I I'm never entirely sure 
just how purposeful, like, actual smart subtextual things like that are in mm -hmm. the fucking Attitude Era. Sure. Uh, so Vince tells Undertaker to leave, but before he goes, Vince has got something he wants to get off his chest. And he's like, last week what you told me, Undertaker, you can go to hell! And at this, Taker... Turns yeah. the fuck around at this. Yeah, so Vince thinks he's very cool for doing this, and the only thing that has phased the Undertaker in the in this entire promo is fucking Vince stealing his pop line. And this causes the Undertaker to choke slam Vince immediately. Ch Man. Vince convulses on the yeah, ground. Yeah, I, I have to say, I'm really happy to learn that Vince just takes every move as if it were seizure-inducing. It's not yeah. just the Stone Cold Stunner. And then in runs the Stooges, and so Undertaker bops Pat Patterson in the head, and then he choke slams Gerald Briscoe, and then in runs Sergeant Slaughter, who's still the fucking commissioner, by the way. Yeah, and also they don't call him Sergeant Slaughter. They just call him the commissioner. And he's Commissioner Slaughter. He I see, but the eye... It it feels as though like because like they've they've referred to him the only way I hear him referred to in this episode is just the commissioner. It feels like they're actively avoiding saying slaughter. Hmm. I didn't really catch I that. Don't know. But then they run in to help and Vince all and choke uh choke slam slaughter as well. And as oh and God, a thing that doesn't pay off at all with at anything. Yeah. As, Vincent Pat Patterson of a fucking malfunction at the junction for some reason, and that gets the two of them fighting. Has this gonna pay off in any way? No. No. <laughs> no fucking mean you. anything. I mean, good, because I don't give a shit, but also Yeah, but also no, it means lazy. Nothing. All right, first match of the night, the inter the European Championship match between Triple H and I'll hold off because they're and, like and any a member of, of the nation. Yes, mystery opponent, presumably a member of the nation. And it's really funny because they talk about how this is a mystery opponent. And then Triple H starts walking out for his entrance. And Jerry Lawler goes, well, I guess we got one question answered. And JR comes back with, what's that, King? And it's like, oh. Lawler just stops and goes, Actually, no, we don't. I was gonna say we, we knew who the opponent was, but we actually Lawler. Uh, yeah, we all know Lawler, dumbass. Uh, Triple H takes his early. Triple H takes his water bottle and like shakes it in front of him, like he's shooting he's shooting jizz out of the yeah, top. you know, the hot hot ropes as you do. Hot ropes, all right. And then he just oh, you does the DX entrance, but also he during the thousand attendance, millions watching at home bit. He also calls Jr. one fat announcer in a black hat. I don't know. Yeah, that, that was, was a about. that was a. Why are we shitting on J? Why is I fucking DX the face is shitting on Jr. I double checked that we weren't in Oklahoma <laughs> when I heard that. So was like, but like, I feel like you you would be like. You would only you you'd like do that if you were the heels, but DX are ostensibly the faces. Yeah, well, you know. I mean, they no, they're not. They act like really just as big of faces are here, or you know. Yeah, no. Uh, so we're being mean to Jr. for some reason, but I will I will say Trips does a really like charming like dx version of them like he does like a fucking michael buffer rendition of the suck it thing which is actually yeah, it was actually pretty charming yeah well, let's get ready, ready to suck, suck it. it yeah that was that was, that was actually cute yeah he does it's a parody of michael buffer of course uh and we learn that the challenger is d brown 
Yeah, which I, I, I will admit, I was like, oh, this can actually make for a pretty fun match. So that that was nice to see that, that they yeah, went with him. Kind so of as we open our match, road. I know Jerry Lawler trying to weave a fucking tale here that D'Lo Brown is a real true, you know, he's a real trooper for taking this match because, you know, his pectoral muscle is still slightly separated. This is, so it's yeah, amazing he's even wondering wrestling. about that. Yeah, so I think D'Lo got actually injured and then he just kept the chest protector for heel shit. As yeah. They are it, as aside like, from the fact that this thing is very clearly like fucking foam padded to hell and back, yeah. and those little metal plates on the front are a probably plastic and b purely aesthetic. Yeah. So and Jr. like, well, you know, I'm hearing that some people <laughs> hearing some people say that he is keeping this this vest on for purpose for like to give him a competitive advantage. And Jerry Lawler's like, what? No. In fact, you're not an advantage. In fact, if anything, it's a hindrance on him. I mean, look how hefty that. That's got to be hard to wa- walk around in the ring wearing that heavy thing. It's actually making it harder for D. Jerry Lawler, Lawler cares about your health. Doctor Gerald Lawler. All right, he is. Oh, we he got a doctor to, to talk about later. And whole, I can't. We got a doctor. To I'm. Talk about I, yeah, I that's gonna be. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that. For what? For once, I'm looking forward to the fucking brawl for all segment to talk about. Anyway, all right. So early in the match, I wrote D'Lo hits one move, hoses on the turnbuckle. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. All My right, man, he, then, he's just really happy to be here. Also. He is. All right. So the Rock is at ringside, and uh, Jerry Lawler pipes up, and, and Jim Ross is like, "Why is the Rock still here?" And Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler goes, "Well, he's just here for moral support." And Jr. pops in. He hasn't got any morals. <laughs> and yes, it was funny. True. This is true. Many people are saying this. Many. Yeah. So Triple H uh, clotheslines D'Lo out of the ring. Rock comes over to kind of mess with, to kind of help D'Lo. The ref is like, "Hey, get away!" And as he's doing that, China steps up to D'Lo Brown, and D'Lo Brown tries to to he tries to throw a swing at her. China just ducks and then punches, hit D'Lo in the face. Fucking based, dude. I fucking love China, man. What a queen. Holy shit. So Triple H gets back, it gets D'Lo Brown back in the ring. I mean, this is a fun for what it is, really. D'Lo is a good wrestler. He's got a lot of cool yeah. power shit going on. Clearly. Like, I almost get, like, kind of, like, like proto big e vibes from him almost like kind of yeah. like that 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 more kind of like fun energetic spirit about him but uh kind of this emphasis on very kind of um a little more technical powerhouse wrestling like you know not mm-hmm. like technical and like the oh i know yeah. all submission holds i know like, all the submissions but like clearly a great level of in-ring skill and using his physical strength mm-hmm. is his greatest like that it, it's it's very much that kind of vibe and i'm super into that and of course um, we are still pre-quad tear triple eight so like this he triple h can still work his goddamn ass off I didn't realize that, like, any, like, injury of his, like, permanently fucked him in some way. It de- it, he definitely lost a step, and especially the amount of muscle he put on in rehabbing that quad injury. Damn. That kind of changed his wrestling. He wasn't quite ever as good a technical wrestler 
post-quad injury as he was pre-quad. That's injury. fair. I mean, when something that big happens, you got to take care of it. Um, mm-hmm. Fucking JR on commentary is still speculating on the goddamn motherfucking contrived-ass handicap match um, and is very convinced of the idea that Undertaker can and probably will get his shit entirely wrecked by this two-on-one. How... JR, how much are how are you this much of a rube? How? How you know better? You're making me fucking take Lawler's side here. Because Lawler is in the Lawler's, objectively correct Lawler is full in on the cahoots. Yeah, theory. which is the objectively correct theory to have. We have really got no I evidence. I don't like agreeing with you. We really haven't gotten any evidence to the contrary. Like as much as Undertaker is refusing to say yes or no, like all of his actions read like he doesn't want to fight Kane. Has the ministry happened yet, by the way? No, ministry's next. 99 is the ministry. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. We're getting getting fucking Taker siding with Kane here. At the very least, it's blatantly obvious he doesn't want to, like, hurt Kane in any way. Yeah. Whether whether it's an whether it's like a intentional conspiracy or Undertaker's just feeling sentimental, either yeah. way the result's kind of the same, really. It, it, it yeah, because like that's still an allyship. So mm-hmm. objectively correct, of course he's in cahoots with Kane, at least in some form or other. Uh, but yeah, back to the match. Rock has just been fucking with trips this entire time. Every time the ref's back is turned. Oh yeah, the ref is having a hell of a time trying to manage the rock and China. <laughs> I will say at least like China's shit in this match so far has been like pretty much entirely like defensive. Like mm-hmm. it has been nation doing most of the shenanigans here. Uh China in order to to get Brock uh get rock off of Trips's ass is she like fucking pushes him into a barricade and it kind of looked to me like Rock legitimately like hurt his eye while that happened like his sunglasses yeah. go flying off he's kind of like holding it as one of his eye sockets so i guess um, that kind of leads into the finish of the match of basically uh china attacks the rock after the rock trips up triple h and out comes mark henry because and of course the ref, but god forbid we china, have a clean match yeah and then china grabs a chair to go confront mark henry and so the ref runs out to be like hey don't stop and while that's happening Triple H goes for the pedigree. The Rock runs into the ring and hits the rock bottom on Triple H. Mm-hmm. And D'Lo Brown off of this pins Triple H to win the European title. Absolutely incredible. That was that was a that was a feel-good moment for me. Cause like D'Lo Brown looks just so happy. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's like, like, we'll bring up to that in a second sweet sweet boy uh, wrote, what, whatever I, happened to D'Lo brown by the way like what was uh, his career trajectory i mean he kind of just hung around the mid card the rest of his career and then uh he for a while there and he had a for a while there he was in tna and then it. most recently he was a color commentator for impact for a hot nice. second before he was replaced by the former aiden english Oh, um, okay. Well, that's unfortunate. But anyway, interesting enough, interesting to me. I was like, wow, Rocky must really not give a shit about the European title because he cost himself a match for it on pay-per-view. Uh, they yes. were Before this, they were talking up how Triple H and The Rock are going to have a two out of three falls match, title for title, on the pay-per-view. Except 
now that D'Lo is European champion, now it's just a two out of three falls match for the Intercontinental title See, only. This this begins this this is this begins part like partly begins my argument that Nation should absolutely be the faces here because they are a much more wholesome family unit than DX seems to be. Like DX are like fun bros and they'll you know be nice to each other on those grounds, but like. Those snakes fucking turn on each other like that most of the time. I'd rather and hang out with the nation. I would 100% rather hang out with the nation. And I feel like Rocky's just happy as you long got as the Rock, fucking bring you the got D-Lo, home you into got the Owen. Nation. Dude, I know. Oh my you god. Yeah, we go we go backstage um to like see the nation celebrating and fucking yeah, it's it's so much fun to see like Owen vibing out with the nation, like unironically wholesome vibes in that. Like I just feel like nation's got Owen. Like this is our pet white boy. He's very sensitive. If you hurt a hair on his head, we will fucking murder you. Yeah, uh, made a note when Jerry Jerry Lawler when he was talking about D'Lo celebrating his win. He's like, look at his face. You think he just he just won the one hundred twenty five million dollar Powerball. See, I, I, I thought it, I thought he said like twenty five thousand dollar Powerball, and I'm like, that's no, one hundred twenty five million. Powerball. Okay, okay. Uh, I was gonna say that's a weirdly low Powerball. And then while they're um, backstage, Jerry Lawler pipes in with like, "Man, you're look at Europe, Europe. How on a day they're having now? France winning the World Cup has nothing on this." Oh my god! The, the fucking sports references. Stop it! I don't understand. Right. And then we cut back, we cut back to, you know, Triple H. The DX is in the interview area. Mm-hmm. Triple H is pissed and he's like, Rocky, Absolutely. you're not leaving Intercontinental Champion. And X-Pac pipes in with, Rock, you're not going to smell what I'm cooking. You're not even going to see it coming, biatch. Thank you, X-Pac. Very cool. Very helpful. Yeah, again, oh. the, 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 let's, 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 let's fucking compare and contrast here. Wholesome family celebration uh, between the nation. Temper tantrums among DX. Hmm. Hmm. All right. The brawl for all is here. And as the Quebecer Pierre is coming out, JR mentions that one of the matches for the brawl for all has already happened tonight. And we will have highlights later. So four weeks in, we are delegating brawl for all matches to dark matches. Yeah, I know. Which at first, likes them. At, yeah, at first I was like, "What the fuck?" And then I realized, yeah, they they're locked into needing to do them, but they recognize that nobody gives a shit. So they they're just like, "Ah, dark." Holy fuck! So yes. this match, okay, no. so. If JR does care about one person in this match, and by <laughs> God, is it Dr. <laughs> Death, Death Williams? Yeah. Uh, Barry Switzer has stuff to say about Dr. Yeah, Death. Okay. So, Who? Yeah, okay. What? Please. All right. Help, I'll, please. I'll give some explanation. Thank you. So, Dr. Death, Steve Williams. Okay. So, coming into the Brawl for All, there were three people who I really wanted to focus in on their journeys of the Brawl for All that I feel cover the narrative of the Brawl for All. One of them is JBL, because the tournament was allegedly because Vince Russo wanted to watch JBL get his ass kicked. One of them is a wrestler we have seen, but I don't want to quite mention it yet. I want to hold that back as a surprise. Okay. And then the third person is Dr. Death, Steve Williams. Yes. So... Dr. Death, it it was Dr. Death was basically everything JR likes about a wrestler. 
in that he yeah. has legitimate athletic backgrounds. He is a real tough dude who can kick your ass. And he is from the universe. And he went to the University of Oklahoma. He's a motherfucking suitor. And JR is so in the tank for this yeah, so man. Rumors. And I, I don't fully believe these rumors because it's hard to piece out the timeline of when anything would happen. But, but the rumors went that JR wanted this tournament to be an outlet for Dr. Death for it to okay. be like a big, a big, like this would get Dr. Death over because he's a legitimate tough dude who could beat ass. So a match of shoot fighting will get people to like Dr. Death. And JR's, JR's like, now I think this whole idea is fucking stupid, but if it get if it gets a fellow sooner over, we'll like, by, well, by God, and there were rumored ideas that the WWF wanted Dr. Death to win the tournament, which is already a quit. It's still a shoot fight tournament, people. Um, and, and if he had won, and when he wins the tournament, then he will get a program with Stone Cold for the title. This, the last part of this is the part I'm most skeptical about in that. I can't figure out when in 98, 99, that would have happened. Yeah, because, like, Stone Cold was just, like, he had a lot on his plate story-wise. Yeah, he fin- he he continues out this story with Kane and Undertaker, which ends up with him losing the belt. And then that's when The Rock wins the belt and then Rock and Mankind kind of dominate the title scene from the end of 98 to early 99 Mm -hmm. until The Rock definitively wins the feud and then wins the belt back from Stone Cold at at WrestleMania 15 in March of 99. Now, maybe... No. Stone Cold beat The Rock for the title at WrestleMania. Oh, okay. So, like... Maybe after Wrestle, maybe if they had kept the push going and they could have built up Steve, Steve, Dr. Death, Steve Williams, and it could have been a thing like shortly after WrestleMania in 99. Yeah, maybe. just hold on from July of 98 till like early April of 99. I just, I don't buy that part. I could buy maybe that like. They that they wanted this to be an avenue for Steve Williams to get over by looking like a legit tough guy, but yeah. him hit parlaying that into a feud with Stone Cold. I don't see that at all. Well, you know what I do believe is the uh, is like that it was could have been very possibly just like spitballed of like yeah, and if he gets over enough, he could he could even take on Stone Cold for the belt one day. I struggle to believe that it was like a thing that was set in stone, but I do believe that it was probably an idea that was bantied about just kind I of I could see I could see that especially because like funny enough, Steve Dr. Death Steve Williams is why Stone Cold is named Steve Austin because Stone Cold originally was going to wrestle as Steve Williams, which I believe is his real name. I believe so as well, yeah. But he he was like, I can't have that name because there's already uh, Steve. I actually know his real name is Steve Anderson, but I don't, he's talked about this of like, he wanted to go under Steve Williams. Maybe it was like an early idea to go by Steve Williams. But he's talked about how, like, he couldn't take the name Steve Williams because there was already one. It was Dr. Death. 
Yeah. Steve and Rose. so they're like, "Ah, oh, you're from Austin. Let's just let's just give you that name." Yeah, I also <laughs> think it was I also think it was because of the million dollar man Steve Williams. Let me uh, look that up. I have no idea. Uh, I know I'm pretty sure that was also part of the of the uh part of the gimmick. Uh of like that was part of the lore of like why can't the lore. Um, let me see. Now I gotta look now I gotta look at the million oh the six million dollar man. That's right. Okay, so I was gonna that's say, wait, I hold up, million dollar man is DBLC. That's why I can't get this right. Uh the six million. Oh, okay. Now I understand. So the Steve Williams thing is like, why can't I? Why I can't go by Steve Williams is already doctored down. Steve Austin is also the name of the six million dollar man. Uh, oh, the main character in the TV show, the six million dollar man. Oh, well, yeah, that, that would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, you know, Steve was from Austin, Texas. Steve Austin is a name that would. You know, in 19, you know, in he's wrestling in Texas in the early 80s. Oh, not the early 80s, the mid 80s, mid to late 80s. Like that name, Steve Austin, that's the yeah, I will work. The six million dollar man. Oh, baby. So Dr. Death, though, Dr. Death, Steve Williams, he was, you know, he, he was a football player that felt that came into wrestling and He's and also, most, like a boxer too. Somewhat. I think they mentioned um, that, like he he had like legitimate fighting. He credentials. He has a lot of legitimate fighting credentials for this tournament, uh, yeah. and he had an extensive career in Japan as a pretty successful foreign wrestler because he was a big dude who hits hard, which pretty much always worked with the Japanese wrestling audience. Yeah. That, like inst, insta heat are you an everyone american get every foreigner foreign wrestler in japan who could hit really hard got over in japan truly the bullet club was always inevitable so jr is hyping the fuck out of this guy and oh my that god was, that was the thing that like i wanted to see like i've always heard that jr was a total simp for Steve Williams in the brawl for all. Cause I heard and him I was mention like, that he was a sooner. And so I was like, I started to make a joke of like, I was like, Oh yeah, I'm sure JR is going to be like, you know, not totally not going to be in the tank for this guy. And then I'm like, you know, maybe that's not fair. Maybe he will. And then like, like a it, minute in, I'm like, it no. was everything I thought. It oh my God. JR is jacking this guy off on commentary. It's so funny. Anyway, so back to Barry Switzer. Barry Switzer was a the head coach for the Oklahoma Sooners for 16 years. Oh my including, god! Including when he was the head coach, obviously when Doctor Death played there, and he coached for the Dallas Cowboys for four years. He holds a very unique mantle in football, being one of only three coaches to win both a college national championship and an NFL Super Bowl as a head coach. Yo. That's actually really sick. Yeah, and he has, as a college coach, he has one of the highest winning percentages in the history of college football. Holy fuck. So highly successful coach of the Sooners, and he's up here talking about how mean and tough Dr. Death Steve Williams is. You know, you got to knock him out to beat. To, to, to oh, my to God. Get him to They're quit. building this guy up so much. So much harder than they have 
built up any other person in this whole goddamn tournament. I know. I, I guarantee you JR is pulling strings behind the scenes like for this. hundred like fucking percent. The conspiracy theory that the WWF wanted Dr. Death to win this fucking tournament. This shoot fight tournament. They didn't. They I did don't. You don't work. Um, I, I don't struggle to believe after, that, though. I buy it completely after 100%. watching this. After having watched the entire first fucking round now, I yeah. fully believe that the WWF wanted Dr. Death to win because they present Dr. Death as a real fucking threat harder than they present any other wrestler in the tournament as a threat. And you know what? For decent reason, because I will give it credit, this, this match... This fucking brawl for all match actually had some goddamn energy to it. Yeah, now, mostly from Dr. Death beating the ever-loving fuck out of Pierre. Yes, now, now keep in mind, my man is still exploiting the ever-loving shit out of the takedown meta. However, he also just haymakers him to death. Yes, like, his entering presentation is legitimately hard-hitting, legitimately energetic, and as a consequence... God damn it, actually kind of entertaining. This feels like the best pot finally a best possible outcome for the brawl for a brawl for all match. Yeah, I know. Even the fucking crowd was kind of into it. I didn't hear any this is boring chance or anything. Yeah, because they finally kind of got the action they were hoping for. As these guys it, when Steve William when Steve Williams isn't owning Pierre's ass on takedown. <laughs> Which is um, most of the match, to be most fair. Of the match. He is there just throwing pop bombs at each other, and Steve Williams rocks Pierre and Pierre came away with a couple concussions because Yo, Steve I Williams know beat, beat the shit out of him. Uh the end they end the second round with Pierre backed into a corner, barely conscious, as Steve Williams getting him into the corner punched him in the back of the head. Yeah, oh my god. Yeah, this sh- spoiler alert, this ends. This ends in ref stoppage because Pierre is the score, dead. The score after round two is 35 to five. <laughs> not, not to make light of, you know, some serious head trauma, but also my man Pierre has died. Like, in the third face. round, they get a clean shot of Pierre's face and, and he looks does. a little bit dead inside. Yeah. Well, yeah, because because like by the time they go for the ref stop, and he's just banged in the corner, his head's lower, and he's just like, he, dude like, is Ehh. out on his feet. Now, I I I joke that they did this with six seconds left in the match, but they still ref stopped the fight because yeah, Peter to be yeah, to dumb. be fair. It's very clear Dr. Death could have made great use of those final six seconds. He could have knocked out Pierre for real. He could have just murdered Pierre for real. Yeah, like, absolutely. A brawl for all squash, if I've ever seen one. A hundred fucking percent, and it's hilarious. Uh, I also, I can't remember if I pointed this out before. I love the tiny little fucking Everlast streamers placed around the ring the ring ropes for the brawl for all match look look at what your sponsorship money will get you look at look at the fucking great returns you can sow with your with your little bit of blood money to the federation yeah so absolute wreckage steve williams is moving on uh yes. 
We've now in the complete opposite direction oh, of the store of the brawl for all. Oh, we it. get a recap of the land of the rising uh, Venus. Uh, to which so- I will I will note is that a line I missed last week, but then caught on the replay this week is as Val Venus is starting to present his porno. Shawn Michaels on commentary pops up with, I got bunches of these at home. Oh, I missed that. See what I caught on, what I caught on replay was Val say, was Val telling Yamaguchi son he was going to let him view a special view. He, oh, he has, that Val has such a way with Good words. Diction. Yeah, and, and then they just arena. fucking play Rise Land of the Rising Venus again. It Why do so I have good. to watch this again? It was so hey. good we had to watch it again. Oh my uh, god! Because of course, tie and tie on uh, the fans side. are losing their mind too. Because of course, I hate every single one of these dipshits for being so in the tank for guys. You was, people, guys, there might have been a naked woman on the screen. <laughs> But she so obviously wasn't. They were blurring out the comforter. Well, you know, shut up. Oh my god, that's all I gotta and say about that. Fucking dipshit audience members enabling. Then, okay, them. okay, and so we Kai and Tai is at ringside. Yamaguchi San is so distraught. He has got his tie around his head. Yeah, what the fuck? Why is he just out at the ring like this? I don't understand. And okay. In a segment that has been completely forgotten by time and probably for the better, quite frankly. I don't know. I feel like we need a lot more critical examination of the fact that this was a okay. thing that happened. So, so apparently, Yama- Mrs. Yamaguchi-san does have a name. Yes, it's I wrote Yoko. that. I was like, hey, she has yeah. a name. We were talking yeah. about this. My wife, Kyoko. Kyoko. Um, yes. Thank Yamaguchi-san. God. That's so much quicker to write than Mrs. Yamaguchi-san. <laughs> That's the real relief here. Not it that is. She has I can just write Kyoko. Slightly more semblance of an identity now by having an actual name. Just that it's shorter to write. Yeah, at least like Kyoko, my wife, has disgraced Yamaguchi-san. What the fuck is happening? And he's just ranting and raving. He's like, I'm going to show you something. P-U-N-I-S-H-M-E-N-T. My way. Oh, good. Slut-shaming and, and wife-beating. All in one and, uh, nifty oh, little package. Oh, ho, ho, ho. I got Jerry Lawler's quote from this. Oh, oh, yeah? Did you also write down when he said, well, I tell you what, in the Orient... Hey, sh- you know, I sh- got this sh- now. Shut the fuck up. Shut up, Lawler. Oh, I did. All right. Okay. So Yamaguchi-san is like forces Kyoko to hold the ring open for all of Kai and Tai to get in. And then she's getting in the ring. And Jerry Lawler, this is a quote. In the Orient, Japanese wives are... Don't pass go! Don't collect $200! Japanese wives are supposed to be subservient to their husbands. You know, if they ever ever bring disgrace to their husbands, they have to be punished. Stop! Bad touch! Stop! Oh my Why? god. Uh, well the best part is so so they get her in ring and Mrs. Yamaguchi-san is forced down onto all fours. And Oh uh, now before and- we get to that, JR had a very funny line where he goes, "Well now this is Yamaguchi-san's second wife for those keeping score at home." <laughs> <laughs> Keeping score at home. I love keeping score on how many wives people have. That's how you know they're winning. The more wives they got. 
Okay, so Yamaguchi son. Incredibly, somehow, Jerry Waller knows what is about to happen and explains this to the audience. Oh, 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 no, 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 Let's not pretend like it's any amount of surprise that Jerry Waller is not thoroughly uh, uh, educated himself on the uh, uh, spousal abuse tactics of, of cultures and races, so, which he finds exotic and enticing. Let's not fair. pretend like Lawler hasn't jerked it to hours of porn of this exact fucking thing happening. So what he, what is supposed to happen is that Yamaguchi, Kyoko, Mrs. Yamaguchi-san, is supposed to get down on her knees, crawl in between the legs of Yamaguchi-san, and Yamaguchi-san pulls out a paddle, and he's going to paddle her ass. Oh, my God. Do a, do a porno. Do a, do a porno. That's a paddling. Yeah, and Jerry Lawler is so is, ready for this. He's so excited. He's announcing with one hand. He oh, sees the panel come out. He's like, oh! And, <laughs> and he hasn't even came yet. He will yeah, come later tonight. But yeah. he hasn't gotten there yet. <laughs> oh, oh my god, no! <laughs> so, this is about to happen. They, they, they do it so slowly, you can tell it's not going to actually happen. Um, Val Venus runs in. He For grabs the save. The he grabs the yeah, for the save. He grabs the because paddle. As a reminder, Val Venus, the man who got a woman to cheat on her husband and star in a porno with him, is the face here. Yep. I just want to I want to remind everybody that this feud started because Kyoko was sitting in the front row to watch a Kayentai match, and Val Venus came on to her while she yep. was in the front row. And then a week later, she's suddenly kind of sympathetic to Val Venus. And then a week after that, porno. <laughs> this is a three-week arc. Absolutely. Hey, man, Val's just that good. No, obviously, he obviously. Get, it's still a deadlock bit. Get I, out I know, of company. Oh my god! No, fucking, fucking obvious. Obviously, he's the face here because he's saving Mrs. Uh, he's saving Kyoko from the injustice of Mr. Yamaguchi's inferior so, dick. He obviously. beats the shit out of all of Kai and Tai, runs them off, and then he's he's leading Kyoko out of the ring. Jim Ross goes, I think we've had all the Japanese culture tonight that we can stand. Thank you, JR. And Val helps Kyoko out of the ring, and she's all smiling, and Lola's yeah, like, ah, ah, this is going to be bad for Yamaguchi. Like, this may call for Harikiri. And the, <laughs> and the crowd Which, is, of course, losing that that its mind. If, if, if y'all don't know what Harikiri is, that is the ceremonial suicide where you stab yourself in the abs. Thank you, Lawler. So Val Venus carries Kyoko bridal style out, out the ramp while she mugs at the camera. Fan-fucking-tastic storyline we got Thank here. You. And we haven't even hit the climax. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh. Okay, so, so the, this next fucking... Oh, uh, uh, we get, we get like, a recap of... The Skittle uh, Slam of the Week? The Skittle Slam of the Week, and it was... 
Undertaker choke slamming Vince. I did notice on the second go round how much Vince is fucking flailing in the air. He did not make that choke slam easy on Taker. Oh my god, he's so fucking incompetent. Yeah. Um, and then, I and then hello. DOA. Yeah, yeah, this is kind of a nothing of a segment. The whole gist is that so the Nazis come out, uh, and then uh, and they're on their motorcycles and they have their motherfucker who oh, turned against Paul Ellering. Paul we Ellering, who tur- turned against Animal and Hawk last week. We are allegedly going to have a skull versus animal singles match. Yes, Animal which... comes out without Hawk, and apparently this is a thing, TM. And so the DOA just double team the fuck out of Animal. <laughs> Paul Ellering jumps in. Then Paul Ellering gets on the motorcycle. Because remember, these dorks ride a motorcycle to the ring. Obviously, and so they got the DOA is holding down Animal and like. Paul Ellering is about to run over animals' testicles. Yes, and then Deus Ex Hawk shows up on the scene. Except he just shows up to get his ass kicked, and then the refs show up to break it up. But the DOA don't go back to the balls thing. They just leave. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Ellering didn't have to stop when Hawk showed up. He could have just moved the motorcycle forward, but he didn't for mm-hmm. reasons. Oh, okay. Yeah, and no match comes of this. Just by i i would like to point out that in the 40 minutes of this match of this episode so far there's been exactly one wrestling match and also a brawl for all match. and a brawl and then um, my next note was tennessee lee fuck yeah this show is safe jj is here yeah Death yeah, yeah. this fucking entrance text reads double j in the most how do you do fellow kids this is the 90s ass fashion uh also what the fuck is like his ho- hometown hoedown ass theme music he's he's had that's his i'm pretty sure he's always had that theme the entire time he, he doesn't have it anymore yeah now he's got my world yeah he ain't, but like he ain't dead he ain't like, <laughs> yeah now now he's like got, on a he's fucking this, fiddle like, yeah, because he's a country, still country singer. So yeah, but like you could have infused down. a little more, like you know, zhuzh into it. Is all I'm is no, all I'm saying. You know, it's the '90s. It's extreme. Double J, Double J deserves a more hip theme song. Okay, he should have had a knockoff Garth Brooks song instead. True. D shit. Oh, that that would have that would have really gotten him over with the youths. All right, so Double J ain't he great? And yeah. they cut to a, someone had this long sign in the crowd that said Double J ain't he gay? Very classy. Ninety eight, well, hilarious. And we have we get a replay from three months ago to explain this rivalry going on here. Yeah, but he's and it's facing like, Steve Blackman. And, and like, I guess Jeff Jarrett attacked Steve Blackman at a concert. Like, they did some it, fucking off-site heat building. I don't know. It, uh, looked like, it looked like they were on stage at a fucking concert. I don't know. But Blackman comes out. He sees the Jeff Jarrett crew, which involves <laughs> Southern Justice, the former pig farmers, you might recall. All and, those motherfuckers. And he, wa- he, he stands, he looks, and he walks back to the back. To the bag. And Jeff Jarrett is like, Ref, I knew I was great, but I'm not this great. Reward me this match right now. Ring and that bell and no count him for out. Some reason the ref just he, he should because he should be like ringing the bell and counting out Blackman, but like mm-hmm. he just does it because Blackman's the good guy. So of course yeah, you Steve know Blackman, but he comes back out with Ken Shamrock and Dan, Dan Severn. Severn. 
Yeah. Uh, Shamrock um, and, and Blackman are both shirtless in their athletic shorts, and Dan Severn's in a full suit and tie. Well, they, they kind of, so they kind of like, ex, they, they kind of explain this disparity a little bit. So I guess Ken Shamrock and Brett are, are going to have a match on Fully Loaded that takes place in Stu Hart's dungeon, a.k.a. Yeah. the basement of the house in which Brett and Owen grew up, which sounds fucking unhinged. And Dan Severn is going to be like the guest referee for it. Yes, yes. So Shamrock and Owen, their feud is going to be a match in the Hart family dungeon. Yeah, which, which is again, an insane Stu, thing that is literally where like Stu Hart would when he trained wrestlers in Canada, he would take them to his basement and he trained yeah. them in his basement. And like Brett and Owen have stories of like hearing the screams of the young trainees that Bro, Stu Hart whooped the it's shit the out most of in this serial basement. killer ass shit. When I, you know, when I've heard in the past that Chris Jericho survived Stu Hart's dungeon, I thought it was some cute like kayfabe thing. Like, no, it's a real fucking, fucking dungeon. There is a dungeon. He yes. is Stu Hart stretched, which is uh for an it's that's a word for when you put guys in a shoot wrestling hold and just hold them there to see how long they can stand the pain. Uh, Stu Hart stretched trainees in his fucking basement that he yes. called a dungeon for realsies. The most serial asked it, and yet somehow Stu Hart has, like, as far as I know, remained a pretty unproblematic fave amongst yeah. wrestling history. The Brett, you know, Brett, he also he also trained and stretched his, his sons down his own, there. yeah. And like, you know, fucking, I, I guess, you know, like unproblematic is relative. He did like, he practiced corporal punishment in his home. But of course, Brett is like, well, I don't see nothing wrong with that. That's just good old fashioned parenting right there. That's thank, just good old you, fashioned Brett. parenting. Yep. You know, especially uh, the fucked up story from Brett's book that he talks about. Is it like his sisters would like pretend that Brett hurt them physically? Yes. So that Stu would kick Brett's ass. Yeah, in, that's so fun. And, and he just never believed. And he Brett. laughs at the fuck off. Yeah. Doesn't even, and Stu is a dumbass who never buys, who always buys it. And Brett just like passed it off. It's, that's just he's what like, it was like growing up. He's like, he's like, oh, he was raising 12 kids. What else was he supposed to do? Child beating is the only way. Listen, Stu Hart had too many kids to properly parent them all. So sometimes you just slap the shit oh. out of any kid that looked like he was doing wrong, and that's all the as, parenting. As I far as do. I understood it, Brett got like decently parentified over some of his younger siblings. Like, mm -hmm. nah, probably not the most healthy environment to grow up in. But you know, I guess Brett doesn't see it as a problem. So sure, whatever, fine. Um, anyways, so anyway, any, this all to say that Ken Shamrock and Owen Hart are going to have a match in Stu Hart's basement. in the most unhinged locale in maybe all of wrestling history. Stu yeah. Hart's fucking dungeon. Yeah. So. Anywho, uh, this match is a lot of Steve Blackman whooping Jeff Jarrett's ass. It's a uh, non. It's it's just a, it's effectively a squash on Jarrett. Let's be yeah. Real. Okay, uh, I I wrote down a Tennessee Lee quote just so I have an excuse to do the accent. Uh, Turn that thing around on him now. Get on him, Jeff. I'm very happy for you. You you okay. you've done good, son. Ken Shamrock and Mark Canterbury do a stare down. Tennessee Lee gets Canterbury to back off. Brett, and then I wrote Blackman. He gets a bicycle kick on Jarrett and wins while I'm typing my previous note. 
<laughs> like I said, squash ass match. So uh, Blackman wins, and then Owen Hart runs in and pushes Ken Shamrock into the stairs, and then Blackman goes to check on Ken Shamrock, and Severn just walks by and fucking leaves. <laughs> outstanding. Yeah, yeah. So I guess they're they're running like Shamrock was expecting Severn to be sympathetic to him as the ref, but Severn is fair and balanced to him. Uh, so yeah, you know, ra- radical centrist Dan Severn is gonna he's gonna he's gonna call it straight down the middle. Uh call it like it is. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um so b- backstage segment of baby Michael Cole chasing down the Undertaker to be like, Oh, oh sir, what what is happening? Why are you leaving? And and Undertaker's basically like, uh fuck off, and then he just leaves the building. Cool. He leaves you. Cole he confirms leaves. that Undertaker just leaves. Yes, a thing we saw with our own eyes. Thank you, Cole. Uh, uh, then the glass shatters and the crowd goes nuclear. Stone Cold is here. Woo! I noted Stone Cold Steve Austin coming in right at the top of the hour. Top of the Absolutely. second hour. Oh, channel oh. The channel surfers. Stone Cold it's is channel here. Servers, and also he can swear now. Yep. So Jim Ross is in the ring to interview Steve Austin. Steve Austin forces JR to move so that he can climb up the yeah, fourth. Uh, again, in, in, in round two of being weirdly mean to JR tonight, Stone Cold's like, JR, you have stinky breath, PU, go, go away. Yeah, because so JR's like, there's a lot of confusion around Undertaker right now. Stone Cold, I don't know what's on your mind. Stone Cold goes, Well, the first thing that's on my mind is you got some bad breath. Yeah, thank you. Um Stone Cold, I mean, you know, you could fucking, I, you know, fucking multiple choice for what happens this in, in this segment. This, this promo he, is so repetitive. He literally re- says that he's saying the same shit he did last week. Yeah. He's does like, he, right. I'll, I'll let you all at home guess. Does he, A, tell tell the, the, the hometown crowd just how happy he is to be here. Uh, does he, B, cut a vicious you people speech? Or does he see call Vince McMahon out for being a chicken shit bitch and then and and tell him to, to get his ass out here or, or you know he's a he's a bitch or whatever? Yeah. Uh, if you if you picked anything but C, uh, congratulations on being a noob listening to your first episode of this podcast. Yeah. So, <clears throat> oh, my voice is cracking. I'm about to do the <coughs> Stone Cold voice. All right, let's go. I believe in you. So, so Stone Cold's like last week. Just like last week, I want to know if it's going to be Undertaker and Stone Cold versus Kane and Mankind, or it's going to be Stone Cold Steve Austin versus all three of them. And either way you look at it, I'm going to be rolling into Fully Loaded, looking to whoop somebody's ass, whether I have help or not. And as for Undertaker leaving, I don't know if he left because he didn't want to fight Kane. Or if he wanted to screw Vince McMahon before Vince screwed him. And I'll tell you this, if there's anybody who deserves to be screwed, it's Vince McMahon. Phrasing, please. And Vince goes, screwed? I deserve to be screwed? No. And Stone Cold, if you think Vince McMahon deserves to be screwed, give me a hell yeah. No. Hell yeah. No. And, and Vince, Vince goes, and then, no, if there's back, anybody who if, if anyone's going to be doing any screwing tonight, it's, it's me. Be. 
Vince Thank talking God. about his secretaries. Um, <laughs> I was going to make, you know, I considered making a secretary joke, but I was like, nah, that's too low-hanging fruit. Right, my boy, fucking having the balls to say what I don't. Absolutely. The voice the of the voiceless. That's me. <laughs> so Vince is like, anyone's be, I'll be doing the screwing tonight. And he announces that if take Undertaker won't show up, then later tonight it's gonna be Steve Austin in that ring versus yeah. Kane and Mankind. So it's convoluted ass way to put Austin in this and handicap match. Austin sure. just goes, Well, it's not gonna be that simple, jackass. Yeah, I got nothing to prove against I've already beat both their asses, so I'm not I'm not gonna do it. I'm just gonna get in my car and go down the same damn highway as the Undertaker. And yeah, Vince and then like, Vince, well, of course, is if like, you well, do that, yeah. then I am going to strip, I'll have no choice but to strip you of that title and give it to the Undertaker, even as much as I hate him. Which, what? What? Okay, okay, why wouldn't you just put it on Kane? Isn't Kane more in your pocket than fucking Taker is? What is this? What is any of this logic, Vincent? It's uh. like, all right, well, I'm going to beat Kane and Mankind tonight. And when I'm done, I'm going to walk backstage and beat the shit out of you, all of you. Thank you. Thank you, Stone Cold. Very cool. Yep. So that's that. The main event is now uh, Steve Austin versus uh, Kane and Mankind. We could have just had that be the... Damn, the fucking Attitude Era really loves setting up, like, fake-out matches, only to just have it be another match for stupid, convoluted reasons. It's a swerve, bro. At least... Oh yeah! Oh, I feel my 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 channel surfing ass has been Based has been and swerve pilled. True, I feel so much more locked in now that they did some dumbass pointless convolution to don't, to actually don't change. Don't you know what you ha- now you can't was. change the channel because now you never know what'll happen. I wouldn't know what would happen in the first match. What? You never know what could happen. Maybe. Okay. Okay. Anyway. If match four, uh, the nation come oh. out. It is Owen Hart versus Farouk. Yeah, face uh, turned Farouk, which is wild to see. Yeah, he face turned when The Rock booted them out of the nation. Yeah, so everyone's like, "Oh, nice." Jason Sensation has been battered and bruised, according to Oof. Jr. Oof, uh, owie, owie. We, we only lightly mentioned that Farouk was kicked out of the nation. They spend more time talking about Owen Hart fighting in Stu Hart's dungeon. Yes. Uh, and they also uh, they also talk about um, how fucking uh, we're currently getting Owen Nugget chants. Um, yeah, so Owen Hart Owen is a Nugget. nugget. What? 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 Like, I'm, like, I'm pretty sure this comes from, like, Triple H calling him, like, a little nugget of shit that won't Oh, this flush. thing. Like, yeah, okay. So of course that got massively over cuz fuck all these people. Um and so the, the match starts off with Farouk kind of dominating, but then Owen kind of quickly turns it around on him. And after kicking around Farouk for a little bit, he fucking goes to like ringside, grabs a mic and yells into it, "I'm no nugget." You know, my my favorite that p- people often banty about what could be the greatest wrestling quote of all time. This, this underrated gem, one of my favorite, you know, one of the most iconic, uh, Owen Hart, uh, quotes of all time. Uh, I, I, I simply don't understand how this has not gone on. I need that on a shirt. 
I, am I need that on a no. mug. I need it tattooed on my ass. I'm no nugget. Such powerful words. Yeah. So also today I learned that Farouk and Two Cold Scorpio have been tag teaming on Shotgun Saturday night. Oh, oh yeah. They JR men- JR mentioned that during the early part of the match. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Also, uh, Jerry Lawler. Uh, they're, they're, they continue talking about the fucking dungeon match. Jerry Lawler implies that he 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 says that Owen was uh you know he was trained in that dungeon. He's probably also conceived in that dungeon. Applying that Stu Hart fucks in the dungeon and yeah, you know what? I think I actually believe that one. I I, I think I think I, I, I would I would believe it. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about it either. But like, but like my like I I, I I'm going to assume that he was above board on the people he was training uh but i can also see my man you know be having some weird psychosexual shit that he was taking dude, his wife down dude, into fuck, dude fucked his wife in the ring in, in the, the ring a hundred percent i believe that without without uh question um but uh, Owen, yeah. whenever owen really gets control of the match he gets distracted by the crowd chain nugget at him pretty much uh, and then, um, let's see, Owen flips himself over, like Farouk is standing over top of Owen, and Owen <laughs> flips himself over and knees him in the balls. Oh, he, he, I, he knees him, and then he fucking, like, smacks his hand on either side of fucking, um, of, of Farouk's cheeks, and Farouk just, yeah, backwards. Yeah, he falls over. Uh, El, uh, you know, um, uh, a Farouk comes off the top rope for a leg drop. He misses it. Owen gets the shark, gets in the sharpshooter. He wins as he is announced as the winner. Ken Shamrock runs down to kick Owen's ass and he chases Owen and back through the crowd. <laughs> you know, the, the, the rivalry is so hot that if any one of these motherfuckers is involved in a match, we got to have some messy bullshit go down. This is how feuds progress in the Attitude Era is they just run in on each other and brawl. I love when that happens. I love when that happens. It's not repetitive at all. So backstage, we are with Paul Bearer and company. Paul Bearer is like, you know, we want to know what side Undertaker was on. Well, we would have found out because Kane would have went in there and beat Undertaker's ass. And then, but he tucked tail and ran. And then Mankind, I had to write this down because this was a metal-ass quote. Mankind is like, I'm glad it's you, Austin, because kicking your teeth in gives me a sense of inner peace. And I'm predicting a very, very peaceful evening. Have a nice day! (laughs) Man, how is Mick Foley so effortlessly good at this shit? Oh my god. Mick Foley is fantastic at playing mentally deranged characters. He's so good on Mike, man. And even this dumbass, convoluted, stupid bullshit is, is made cool when he has anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. So out comes Mark Marrow and Jacqueline. Uh, thank God, J- David. Uh, after I, after last time, I had to just explain to the people the the stupid shit that Sable and Jacqueline said in the promo. Tonight we get David gets to experience this feud firsthand. Uh, I mean, so, we watched a segment from them last time. I'm pretty sure. Did we? I thought they. Just yeah, I know. I remember. I remember seeing Jacqueline and Sable do some bullshit. All right. Well, Mero maybe, maybe they had a match or it was something. 
It was a they had a match where yeah. Jacqueline and Sable fucked around, but like, okay, Matt, that's promo time. Uh, so as they're coming out, JR is like, we promised a very physical bikini contest. And I'm like, what does that mean? And uh, are you, you know sure about that? HLA, HLA, HLA. 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 So Jacqueline gets the mic. He's like, I got something to say to Sable. He's like, I saw you last week and you don't want me in a bikini contest. And okay, what a line this is. Tell me, so how much weight can you lose in six days? There's always liposuction, but you don't want to take the risk that you won't be ready by Sunday. Yeah, okay. So so, so I, I want to point out, too, that, uh, that Jacqueline, yeah, says, let's face it, Sal, how many pounds will you lose in six days? And fucking Lawler pipes in with, Sal, that's a woman yeah. big. Th- thank, thank you. Thank you, Just Lawler. Just to make sure that everyone at home up. understood. Yeah, teaching us our vocab words for the week. He's a very academically inclined intellectually rigorous uh so Jacqueline is like you know what I'll just take my victory right now you can go ahead and raise my hand we don't have to do this nigga on Sunday and out comes Sable in someone's picnic blanket is how I wrote it yeah she's in a summer summer dress like this like has it's like wind it's like white strapped and then the whole pattern is literally like red like and white. Ass. Yeah. Um, checker gingham. pattern. Red and white, red and white gingham. Yeah. So I was like, this is a picnic blanket. Um, yeah. Fucking. Yeah. And, and the, oh my God, the, the bit that's about to happen is so flagrantly This is obvious. so stupid, but okay. I got uh, Sable gets the mic and immediately first thing out of her mouth is honey, you ain't nothing but a tramp fantastic Thank you. and then as she's coming down to the ring jerry lawler goes is that a maternity dress to be fair that was also my first thought i can't hate him too much for that and one. Jimmy, no it's a summer dress king and then jerry lawler's like well i like that dress i wish i could talk her out of it Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Lawler. So, Jacqueline tries Great. really hard to be like sable you're fat and i'm like what you stupid fat bitch yeah pretty yeah so she's like you know you you you're fat you fat cow you put men to sleep and sable's like sleep my body keeps them up all night long and then jacqueline goes then show me ho and she rips sable's dress off so sable is now just in her basic black underwear and Jerry Lawler loses his mind. Yes, you know the the worst part is this is this is Lawler still edging himself. We have not gotten to his ultimate orgasm of the night. We'll get there, but yes, Lawler loses his mind. The entire crowd of heterosexual dudes in their twenty somethings ah! loses their mind. We get this great shot. We get this great like crowd shot where the camera's right up next to this dude who's fucking pulled out his camera to take a picture, and he sees the camera next to him and he kind of looks and he slowly lowers his camera. Back dude has out. got the pole. Dude has brought his Polaroid for just this moment. Oh my god! And he, but he like caught red-handed, so he's just kind of like, oh no, my grandma's watching. So anyway, Sable tosses Jacqueline out of the ring, and that's that. Uh, except for Edge 
jumps from the crowd, yeah, Marrow's ass, and then goes back in the crowd. Yeah, we don't see any of that happen because the camera is too distracted Focus by on... Sable's ass. Yeah, but like, yeah, Edge attacks Mark Marrow because maybe they have a thing going too. I don't. I guess I don't know. He's weird. You don't know anything. He's weird. And oh yeah, uh, we're like we're at like emo edge right now. He's emo boy. He's not a vampire yet. He's just He's emo literally boy. three edgy five me. So, and then after that, Shawn Michaels comes back. Yes, HBK is here, and Lawler is still extremely horny from the last segment. We wait, uh, and we it's waste funny a to watch. shitload of time for Shawn to do his full fucking entrance again. Sean is just here for commentary for the last half hour of the show. Yeah, again. Uh, uh, JR says to Sean, it's a hot night tonight, I'll tell you that. And Sean replies with, you ain't just a whistling Dixie. Sean is not beating the uh, the inebriated while taping shows allegations. Sean Sean is like, you know, I had so much fun last week. I just had to, had to, had to, had to, had to give me some more. Yeah, what the fuck, Sean, buddy? Squeaked out. Um, and <laughs> my next note was A Ball and Scorpio suck so hard they had to just show a highlight video of the match instead of showing Base. the whole thing. Base. I actually didn't want to like Roblox myself during the brawl for all this week, and actually like, and actually was able to come to grips a little bit with this is the story that we're supposed to be following and not all this other convoluted bullshit. So like. I I'll take it. I'm glad they did the match on dark. Fuck that. Scorpio won. Apparently, I'm happy for him. They were cool selling dude. the idea that Scorpio was gassed the hell out by the end of the match and barely hanging on. But then they're like, and then he wins by decision. Man, like, man, right. they are like they are doing at least at the very least they are doing the closest thing to working this that they possibly can at this point. Yeah, we have no ability to know like what the scorecards look like for this thing, so you know yes. they can make that how they wanted to make it. We are backstage with the nation. The Rock. Is is like you know you smell of the rock is cooking. The difference between D Generation X and the Rock is that I don't make empty promises and idle threats. And he's gonna kick Xbox ass. And there's nothing that D Generation X can do about it. The JVC kaboom of the week is Xbox <laughs> pinning the Rock last week. You love to see it. Also, I need I really need to point out that they I'm pretty sure that the tagline at the end of this fucking sponsored segment was the JVC kaboom box. Strap it on. Uh I don't think that's what you normally do with uh, like boom boxes. I don't, strap I don't, them. What what is that? Why why is everything uh why is everything the Fed touches in the 90s turned to sex? Why? Oh my All right. god! Yeah. Okay. The so fifth match of the show is The Rock versus Xbox for the IC title. Mm-hmm. The Nation do are here again. Um. Yeah, and then and then like real real quick like uh, once the two combatants are out there, DX storms the ring because of course they do. Um, and also like man, I swear to God, like oh. Uh, because I, I saw one ref out there, and then the nation storms the ring, and then I swear to God, the the refs were just replicating in ring in real time. Because I'm like, oh, there's one, oh, there's two, there's five refs. How many refs are there? Too many just refs. Too many refs. out of each other. Fucking fucking Tim White's out there asexually reproducing as we as we speak. Yeah. Um, so they start brawly brawling. 
they cut we cut the commercial they have cleared the ring but china comes back out anyway even though they know the child's got a smile on her china's got a smile on her face so she must know something and sean replies with mama knows everything believe me so sean stop stop making your mommy issues our problem sean 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 stop it no he is gonna keep talking about mommy all the time Sean Michaels in the last episode going mama mama is he also you didn't even I don't I was thinking about that I also noted that when Kyoko pops up in Rand of the Rising Venus out from under the blankets he goes mommy He did that then too. I caught it on the replay yeah. of this one. No, I remember. I remember Shawn Michaels last last fucking time we were here to invoking mother in a sexual way far too many times for comfort or even that much plausible deniability. My man's just got a fetish. I'm so sorry. Yeah, so um, I guess I'm not su- for as long as he hung around China, I guess I'm not surprised he has a mommy fetish. <laughs> specifically for china he's like oh this woman can satisfy every bit of my trauma now do i think that he ever fucked china with the understanding that china was triple h's girlfriend i want to put that at a solid 50 50 I was gonna say because at first I was like nah and then and then you said as Triple H's girlfriend I'm like oh there's a solid possibility there was bullshit there like, <laughs> specifically just to spite Triple H I don't know if he'd do it to be spiteful but he was at I think he would have I think if he thought he could get away with it he would have fucking done it he probably would have uh, alright so I wrote good back and forth match wrestling to start. Holy shit. Um, yeah, no, th- I overall quite enjoyed this match. Um, X-Pac is allowed to look powerful because we're not at like rock wins lol territory quite yet. Um, yeah. And also like, also in return, holy shit. When fucking X-Pac sells, the ragdoll physics are... <laughs> My man fucking like uh 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 oh Grand Theft Auto like wasted rag oh, yeah, dolls wasted. as soon as run- Yeah, my man just fucking like goes flying and bounces off a rope when Rock hits him. Holy shit. Uh we get the we get the fucking whistling Dixie line from Sean a second time on commentary. Oh, uh, here's Why- oh, I wrote a Sean line for this. So early in the match, you know, X-Pac does the suck it taunt. And Shawn Michaels goes, X-Pac is telling him to touch his monkey. <laughs> what the absolute fuck does that? What does any, any of this mean? Because his monkey is his penis. Yeah, thank you. Wow, uh, that, damn. I'm so happy that you, f- you know, fleshed that one out for me. No, I problem. wanted to make sure we all understood what Shawn Michaels was implying. <laughs> what his coked out brain was grasping at. Yeah, all right. And then also they're talking about the goddamn Cahootson uh, again. Oh my and God, stop. Jerry Lawler pops in with Undertaker. He walked off like those General Motor strikers. <laughs> that was a special order from Vince, that yeah. that one. We're going to talk about the fucking we're gonna, union. We're going to bury those fucking GM strikers. We're going to bury the union. We're going to bury... 
Yeah, well, we, I, we you know, you know what I do? If these wrestlers ever tried to form a union, I'd look at them and I'd say, you're fired. We have got to watch an episode of Raw that has the union. Oh, no. The union of people you ought to respect, son. Man, Up yours. Man, learning that Jesse Ventura actually, like, made a tiny bit of headway of, like, convincing wrestlers that maybe they should start a union. The closest they ever got, really. The fuck out of it. Yeah, and it just and they just and just the, the industry never went there again, <laughs> which doesn't speak well to the industry at large that nobody else oh, tried again. No, fuck the industry at large, but don't worry. Well, well, here, brother, here's the deal, brother. That union thing that you're talking about, Jesse, well, that just don't work for me, brother. Uh, yeah, true. It was just, it was almost certainly Hulk. Uh, no, it was actually. I don't know if if I thought you, it was like, so speculative. No, it wasn't. It's not because um. When Jesse Ventura sued Vince over royalties, he got like in a deposition. He asked, "Who fucking sold me out on the union thing?" And Vince said it was Hogan. Oh my god, that's that's so he he like Vince admitted that it was Hogan who sold him out. All these kids backstabbing each other constantly. Oh my god, fucking wrestling is just mean girls, but for dudes on roids oh my god anyway um so uh yeah back to the match at at hand rock is trying to fucking murder x-pac between like head and neck strikes and choke holding him the fuck out drops him neck first on the guardrail he's like killing uh rock hits a samoan drop shades of his grandfather to high chief peter mavia who we met last we've week. seen the high chief yeah. now which is so sick yeah sean actually having a good point on commentary for once and he's <sighs> that's, like that's you know weird. when you're a when you're, when you're a smaller guy you gotta be resilient and it's yeah. like that felt like sean talking from experience on that one as that a was actually a good character beat yeah like his, <laughs> his commentary on x-pac of like basically passing the torch of like the young firecracker upstart like yeah that's pretty that's pretty solid um fucking uh uh uh, he also though like lampshades the evolution from like the andre the giant days where bigger equals you win to like the current sensibility of like anything can happen fight yeah anything true um but anyway so rock fucks up x-pac real good drops the people's elbow on him oh yeah the vaunted excuse me the vaunted people's elbow as jr called it to absolutely no reaction still fucking weird like i know oh my god it's so weird to see the people's elbow and the crowd be totally silent for the whole fucking thing yeah, I know. I mean, they're kind of into it, but he's still a heel. Um, and and yeah, one, two, X-Pot kits. This is like watching these early matches are such a fucking fever dream of like, you're not insta-killed by The Rock just cocking his eyebrow at you. Cocks the eyebrow, drop an elbow. And then you just, boom. You, no, you, no, he doesn't even drop the elbow. He just cocks the eyebrow. You go down. You He hits the pin and you're done. Like you and just you're, fucked. you're you're done. You're uh, so the rock tries to Irish whip X Pac. X Pac hits the X Factor, but X Pac he can't capitalize. He's mm. too tired. Uh, but and the rock crawls into a corner. Pac hits the Bronco Buster, which <laughs> um, if you don't know what that is, it is where 
your opponent is seated in the corner and X-Pac just aggressively humps your face. It's DX. What do you expect? Funny, funny, fun fact. X-Pac has legitimately busted his own ass twice doing the the X factor. Really? Yeah, like he legitimately like busted open his own asshole. Oh my doing god. The Bronco Buster before. My man has my man has broken his ass twice over. What an icon. All right, well, uh the Rock <clears throat> eventually X-Pac tosses Rock out of the ring and feigns a knee injury. And while that's all going on, China creeps on over to the other side of the ring with the Intercontinental title belt, hits Rock in the face with it. Man, and may I just say, we don't talk, I don't think the wrestling like community as a whole talks nearly enough about what a fucking good physical performer China was. She does this, like, because usually you think of China as, like, um... Uh, powerhouse big strong beefy powerhouse but she does this like almost femme fatale ass like slowly creeping along the ring trailing her finger along the apron and just slowly comes up to rock at the perfect timing that his head is sticking out and boom clocks him and it was like this really effective and like character moment from her of just like how she fucks with these dudes to protect her boys yeah um, brilliant like god damn gone too soon um very good uh so they keep fighting it out um x-pac throws rock into the referee knocks tim white out rock fucking murders yeah it's tim in white comes, and rock in comes in comes in comes d-lo brown to interfere in comes triple h to stop him but then he triple h runs in hits a pedigree on the rock X-Pac covers him, and Tim White goes to count the pin, and Jimmy Corderas, another referee, runs in to be like, no, no, you can't do this, and he calls for a DQ. Shawn Michaels yells, Nark! Nark! Yeah, which I have never, ever seen a ref do that, ever. I didn't realize they were allowed to do that. Well, that's the only time they ever will, so how about that? Oh my god. Oh, it it opens up too many questions, Austin. It does. So Jimmy Corderas calls for the DQ. China decks him. And yeah. then the Nation DX. As a reminder, Degeneration X are the faces here after China tried to cheat for the win and the fucking uh uh you know then China beats up Jimmy Corderas for making the objectively correct call that they did some cheaty McCheater cheaters and shit. Mm -hmm. So the nation come back to brawl. The rest have to break it up. And then I wrote next two notes in a row. Oh. 10 minutes left and the main event hasn't even started. I'm sure this will be good. Oh shit. This is that moment. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. They cut to a blonde because the ex is random woman. The, the, the ex is just fucking around in the, in the ring. Right. Yeah. And so, they cut to this woman. She's blonde woman near the front. Big a fucking boobs, like Austin a lot of tag yeah. top. Yeah, and I was like, holy fucking shit. This is this moment in raw history. Because this is one of the bigger remember DX moments. Hmm, I wonder why. Okay. So Triple H sees this woman. 
and he is like motioning for her to. Oh, and she's got a sign too. That's most certainly like Triple H. I will show you my tits or something. I, yeah, I don't. I don't get a good view of her sign, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is, and that's why Triple H gets her attention. Yeah. So he is like motioning for her to take her shirt off, and she's first she flashes the shirt with the bra still on, yeah. and Jerry Lawler is going nuts, of course, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then Triple H goes, no, no. Take the bra off too. And she fucking does it. <laughs> they they obviously put a sensor bar they, here. They put a but, fucking raw logo over her tits. But they she legit flashed the camera on raw. I because the D because DX told her to flash her is, boobs. Was she a plant? I don't think she was. Okay. Because the fact that the camera just randomly cut over to her out of nowhere made me a little sus, but also like... I think they just kind of saw... They might have caught her sign, and they were yeah, like, oh shit, like, ah, catch that. You missed 100% of the shots you don't take. And then, so Triple a, and then, triple, and then once Triple H starts motioning to her, obviously they're yeah. like, okay, we got to follow what he's doing. We got to follow this. So yeah. like, straight up, Triple H hell, encouraged a woman to fucking go topless flash the camera on raw live on raw live on raw and lawler jerry Ah! lawler just starts screaming the word breasts Breasts! it was breasts breasts! i don't think he even said puppies i think he was just saying it was breasts it was breasts announce table Shawn michaels is standing on top of the table to get a better view god and lawler lawler's just JR is not reacting and Lawler's just fucking broken. Yeah, JR's just like, sitting there. I mean, I mean, not... like, I get it. It's exciting seeing boobs for your first time, Lawler. It's okay. Well, yeah, I well, considering his his preferred age range, it might no, be the sir. first time he's seen boobs. Oh, okay. And actually, that's a good that's a good again. That's another joke I considered making, but I was like, nah, that fruit is too you're two for two, buddy. I fucking love you. Hey, this is the attitude era, man. We got to get extreme. We got to oh, be true, edgy. True. I can't. I, I have to. I have to let my jokes go through raw. Yeah, but so Jerry Lawler has now come on camera tonight. I think between Sable and this shit. Oh my god! But yeah, this is DX. The top. The, the you know Flash for DX was uh, one of the more famous DX 90s moments. And I was like, I cannot believe we're actually watching the episode. Because I, I, I saw where like DX wanted this to go, but I'm like, no way. This isn't Mardi Gras. No this way is, she's actually going to do it. This is this is just raw. You know, it's where she's going to like show off the bra and that's going to be no, no, no. Oh no. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was curious cuz you I knew what was coming but you didn't. I wonder if coming. I wonder if Triple H and Stephanie were dating at this point. No, she was he was still dating China. Oh, sick. Oh, I thought China would have been with X-Pac by this point. No, X they they X-Pac and China get together after in like early 2000s. Oh shit, okay. Yeah, so right now Triple H breaks up with China in like 99, I think. Ah, I see. Yeah, so that happened, and out comes Kanan and Mankind with seven minutes left on the broadcast. It's time for the main oh. event. Uh, yeah, so it's time for the main event. Woo. Yeah, okay. Um, so th- they come out, and then the grass, 
the glass shatters again, and out comes Austin. He saw. He saw. He like. He like. Um. Uh. You know. Drive by hits mankind with the with the belt. Tries to take him out early, and but man, mankind survives uh, because aha, that fool Austin forgot to account for the power of leather. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's there is no tags in this match. This is a two on one match where both Which Kane and mankind makes are it all the time. more stupid that partway through this fucking match, Taker and or not not Taker, Kane and mankind just kind of stop double teaching double teaming triple h oh i'll tell you where that happens um but first we get a alleged picture in picture shot of vince watching the monitor except we don't see the screen it just looks like vince making hat like gleeful reaction shots (laughs) off to off to a something off screen so like there's no guarantee this like they could have filmed him in front of anything yeah they don't show uh, the monitor he's something, watching something secretary so austin is doing his best to kind of like single out he he does my 2k23 triple threat strats of just beating the shit out of everybody and trying to keep it a one-on-one as Absolutely. as much as possible uh but you know they fight back and then it gets real saucy uh undertaker goes for a stunner kane blocks it and out comes the Undertaker with a chair. He is back. And yet he just stands there and watches as Kane beats under Steve Austin down in a corner. He's just and standing there menacingly. menacingly. So Undertaker, yeah. still holding the chair, gets yes. up and just stands on the rope on the apron as if he's waiting to tag. And this watching. is when and then JR's like, is this now become a regular tag match? And it is at this point where like Kane also gets on the apron as if he needs to tag, and it just yeah. becomes Kane versus Mankind. Yeah, fucking, fu- fucking, fucking Mankind is just out here doing the dirty work now, I guess. Yeah, for no reason they just stop double teaming Austin, which makes no goddamn sense. Yeah, so um, Steve Austin hits a stunner on Mankind. Uh, Kane breaks up the pin. Kane comes in to goozle Steve Austin, go for the choke slam. And like they, Steve Austin backs Kane and, into the corner where Undertaker is, and Undertaker, and Undertaker goes slowly, to swing the chair. He, I really have He slowly raises up that. He's chair. really setting up this spot. Uh, yeah. Steve Austin ducks. Undertaker hits Kane with the chair, and then after that, Undertaker, uh, Steve Austin grabs the chair, nails Mankind with it. At this point, Undertaker is coming to the ring. Steve Austin hits Mankind, uh, excuse me, Undertaker with the chair. Based. And then Taker, and then Steve Austin leaves the ring, the only one not laying dead in the ring as he leaves and gets out of here. Yeah. Fucking, and they call it a DQ. It's a DQ when Undertaker uses the chair on Kane, by the not way. Not a bare, the only, I think the only, like, fuck, there wasn't a single fully clean match on this card. Every fucking match had some kind of shenanigans. Yeah, going of course. On. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, of course. Stabbed you there. Oh my god. Yeah, no, they try to play this shit off as some kind of red herring, but no, no, Taker is in is in Kane's fucking corner. I refuse to believe any different less directly and uber convincingly proven otherwise. Holy fuck. Yeah, so 
It's our episode of Raw. Um, you know, not too bad this week for not, me. This was not that painful to watch, and actually kind of fun to talk about too. So, like the n- nice little like Goldilocks, uh, Gratio middle ground. Yeah, they have. They are minimizing the brawl for all content every week. Every single fucking week, they're like every time they're like, oh. This is still stupid. Guess we got to pretend it doesn't exist even more. We are officially a solid 0 for 8 on knockouts. If you Not a give single one. I, I feel like closest, I predicted this. The closest is Dr. Death's ref stoppage. Did I not directly predict this, that of fucking course we're not going to get a single goddamn knockout because the meta is not remotely friendly to that ending? Yeah, this was this is this tournament has been a disaster, and they're still committed to it for five more weeks. And the and the worst part is, even though this is ostensibly the main fucking thread that we're here to follow, it's become such a nothing burger that we're really just here to follow all the other bullshit at this. We're point. really here to follow cahoots. <laughs> yeah, though the goddamn cahoots that I so don't give a shit about with this constant bad attempt at misdirecting the very obvious answer. Oh my god. Yeah, next, you know, next time well, it'll be the raw after fully loaded, which so we're going to see what happened. That. We're going to see what happened at the pay-per-view. Was it what, what was it truly the most controversial pay-per-view in WWF history? Uh you know what? I I think I'm going to press X to death. Um, fucking the fucking the Montreal screw job is already happening at this point, right? They're fu- yes. uh, they're just trying to bury the memory of that shit. Fuck off. Yeah, but for next time on the podcast, we return oh. to 2014 after so much time. Yeah. Uh because you know, last time tr- Daniel Bryan was like, I will not stand for this shit anymore. I want to fight Triple H at Mania. And Triple H is like, no heart emoji. And <laughs> But don't worry. The yes movement is on Daniel Bryan's side. Daniel Bryan will get his goddamn match. He'll make sure of it. Daniel Bryan successfully executed the bait. Triple H tried to say that's bait. And then Brian put it in front of his face again. And Triple H was like, that's bait. And Daniel Bryan's like, (laughs) Triple H is like, that's, that's. (laughs) And, and, and now, and now it's set. And now we're fine. Pretty much. Uh, but that is for next time. Until then, David, hit our plugs. Yes, sir. Dear friends, thank you all so much for joining us on yet another episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. We are so so delighted to have you here. Returning listeners, viewers, what have you, you all know the drill. Thank you so much for once again welcoming us back into your eardrums, your eyeballs, whatever the fuck it is you use to consume our content. We're so happy to have you here. Keep on coming back. We love you. And hey, new people. Hey, hi, how's it going? Welcome to the show. We here at the Noobs and Knockouts podcast like to think we are friendly to both noobs and knockouts alike. So whether you're brand new to the wild, wacky world of wrestling or you're a veteran of all the weird bullshit, either way, we are so delighted to have you here. We hope you've had a great time with us here. We hope you want to keep having a great time with us week after week after week. And I'm going to make sure you know about all the ways you can do that. First and foremost, of course, is our YouTube. You can find us, Noobs and Knockouts podcast, on YouTube. Hit subscribe 
ring that bell. Make sure, make sure it turns a nice little solid color so you get notifications every single time we drop a random episode. Give us that sweet, sweet engagement. Check out all of our playlists because Austin has been kind enough to organize every single one of the arcs that we follow into their own separate playlist so you can follow a specific storyline all the way down without having to skip around a whole lot. It's great. And hey, you can see our beautiful, lovely faces. Austin's uh, uh, sick-ass fucking ace flag in the background. Hashtag pride. Uh, 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 me fucking around with my effigy Funko Pop of Jerry Lawler. Uh, you know, it's just a great goddamn time. But, you know, if you are a fan of the audio-only experience, we have you covered there as well. Because you can find us on three of the best places to find your audio podcasts, which are, of course, Spotify, podcast and apple podcast come give us a listen there download our show if you're so inclined you can maybe leave us some nice little five-star ratings and some reviews that tells people and like the algorithm like hey these guys are pretty cool and maybe more people should be listening to them i don't know i'm just it's just a spitballing here just a thought i don't you know speaking off the top of my head here um either way uh we we you know appreciate your engagement there just as much as we do on the youtube uh so be sure to check us out there for that sweet sweet audio only experience but of course we exist past this void uh, that we find ourselves in every week. Uh, we also uh, have a bit of a social media presence. Of course, we have our Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at Noobs and Noxpod on Twitter. That's at Noobs, the letter N, Noxpod on Twitter. Uh, come check us out there. We we post memes. You know, we engage in the discourse like any responsible member of the IWC. We put up a post every single time we drop a brand new episode, so you guys always know what the hell is going on. Of course, the highlight of our Twitter is weekly wrestling live tweeting every Wednesday night, or at least most Wednesday nights. We kind of have schedules. Uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern on TBS, we are watching, of course, AEW Dynamite and talking all about that shit. It's the wrestling that it's the wrestling show that I watch consistently week after week. Again, when I have the time for it. Um, and I love to share my thoughts about all that with all of you. Uh, for the next few weeks, on top of that, uh, we also love to do a bit of live streaming on Friday night, or live tweeting, pardon me, on Friday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern on TNT. We are watching What Else? AEW Rampage. It is the show that y'all been waiting on. The whole AEW landscape's about to change with Collision coming up, but we got uh, we got some final death throes of Dynamite before it becomes Dark 2.0 that I'm still personally very excited for. Um, but, you know, we're going to be talking about all that shit for as long as it lasts, and, you know, maybe we'll tweak Collision when it comes out to and uh, whatever. Um, of course, on top of all of that, um, our boy Austin here, the resident knockout, uh, he, he it being the knockout that he is, loves him some wrestling, and he follows every major company pay-per-view. We love to tell you guys all the hell about it. We even sometimes tweet all the hell about it. Uh, especially for the noobs in the audience, pay-per-views are a great jumping-on point. They're big, fun extravaganzas of wrestling. Usually, usually, I emphasize, show off the best the company have to offer. A bunch of storylines are wrapping up. A bunch of new ones are starting up. Uh, great jumping on point. So we like to talk about them. Austin likes to watch them a lot. And we like to tell you guys all about them. So my friend, what is on the docket coming up? Sure. So for Impact Wrestling, which you can watch every week on Axis TV, Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, or with a YouTube subscription to their channel, you can get, you can also watch them uh, Thursday nights. I think because like commercial free, you start at 8.30. So, you know, the whole you get the show. You, you get the whole show as it airs by the end. Um, their upcoming show, a a min, a kind of a Impact Plus. That's their streaming service exclusive against all odds on Ooh. June the 9th, 
which uh, checks notes in Columbus, Ohio. That's where I live. Oh, and oh I my. will be there. Damn, damn! If only. Oh, oh, oh. Yes. So I will be there for this show. What a twist! Next week, and here are the matches we got going on. Uh, we got Steve Macklin, the Impact World Champion. Uh, salute. Because you get it because he's a veteran. Also, he's a total oh. dickhead. Um, oh, and he is the champ. He had an extremely bloody match with PCO at two weeks uh, ago. Hey, speaking of fucking Pierre Quebecer out here. Yeah, Quebec Quebecer Pierre would become a Frankenstein monster. And last week, I watched him have a match where Steve Macklin stapled his mouth shut and he used pliers to pull the staples out of his and mouth. apparently it was shoot staples, which is so fucked up. Yeah. He'll be taking on Alex Shelley of the Motor City Machine Guns for the Impact World Championship. That uh, is then... exciting because I love, I fucking love Alex Shelley. Uh, Base Detroit. Oh, oh no. The Columbus crowd is going to be really mean to him, aren't they? No, they love him. He was he oh, had a great reception base. at GCW. People Base. love you Shelly love at GCW. Um, then, for, to determine the new number one contender for the Impact World Championship, we're going to have an 8-4-1 match. That is a special match of their devising, where it starts as an eight-man tag team match. Then the winning team will immediately be entered into a four-way match, and the winner of that match will be the number one contender. That's That's a lot. Yeah, so it is Bully Ray, God kill me. Uh, Jonathan, <laughs> Jonathan, Jonathan Gresham, Heath Slater, and Nick Aldis. Well, all versus, the rest of that, that part sounds sick. Yeah, versus Jonathan Bailey, uh, Speedwell Mike Bailey, stu stupid. Moose, PCO, and Ritz Swan. So. Damn. Stacked have, match, have, and then also Bully Ray. And then Bully Ray is here as well. Yes. Uh, Trey Miguel versus Chris Sabin for the X Division Championship. Trey Miguel is disrespecting the legacy of the Impact Championship, even spray-painted all over the belt. Oh, my God. And so Chris Sabin is here to defend the legacy of the, of the X Division. Ah, uh, yes. Tradition. Uh, Killer Kelly versus Masha Slamovich in a dog collar match. And uh, that's going to be a bloody nightmare fight. That sounds sick as fuck. Uh, ABC, Ace Austin and Chris Bay of the Bullet Club the, oh. as, the as the world tag team champions taking on Jason Hotch and John Schuyler, the good hands. Do, do you get it? Do you get why they're called the good hands? I actually don't. It's it's a reference to uh, being called a good hand is a wrestling term for a guy who's a good technical wrestler but uh, has none of the charisma or star power to be a real star in the business. Uh, All they're good for is a good hand to put on a good match. Th thank thank you. Thank thank you very much. That that uh that's that one's for the the marks out there. Yeah, they kind of suck. Um, Eddie Edwards versus Frankie Kazarian in a singles match. Uh, Dirty Dango is face oh. is uh is here. He is now his gimmick is now uh, all the da, he is, da, da, da. well now his gimmick is. 
back in my day boomerism. He's like, you know, the the wrestling locker room doesn't have any real men in it anymore. Guys too uh, yeah. busy worried Says about the guys guy too the busy fucking... worried about about guys are too worried about making friends and their social media following. You know, they're not they don't they don't they don't care. They don't they're not they're not they don't got the drive to win. I'm the last real man in the locker room. I'm the room. last real man. My former gimmick being that of a fucking ballroom dancer who got people over with a goofy finger dance gimmick. And he is taking on he is fighting for the impact digital media championship, whatever the <laughs> fuck that means. Uh it's basically the lowest tier singles gold in impact the digital media championship i see i i i think i dirty dangle probably also hates vlogs you know yeah and he's taking on say his name and he appears i believe in joe hendry i believe in joe hendry i I also believe in joe hendry yeah, he, he's a dude who sings his entrance songs and also makes parody songs to make fun of other wrestlers. Nani? Weird Al? Basically, he did a song. He did a he did a when he was when Matt Cardona was last in Impact, which was recently, he did a song where he's where he's like his song is called Edge's Bitch. And he's he calls Matt Cardona Edge's Bitch. Bass, bass, new favorite wrestler. Fucking mm-hmm. yeah. Great guy. Uh and then in a tag team match, we have Trinity, the former Naomi, taking on, yes! teaming up with Deanna Perrazzo, the the impact, the knockouts champion versus Giselle Shaw and Savannah Evans. Giselle Shaw is like the the total diva or something. She calls her gimmick. Her gimmick is she's hot, and ah. I'm better than you because I'm all because I'm hot. Thank you. Thank and she you. has a big beefy bodyguard, Savannah Evans. So tag oh. team match. Ah, well, that adds a little bit of flavor to it, I suppose. Yep. So that's the impact against all odds card. Then yeah. upcoming for AEW on June 25th is AEWX New Japan Pro Wrestling Forbidden, oh, Forbidden Door. Door. It's the crossover y'all been waiting on on pay-per-view. And and uh, fight TV, Bleacher Report live, uh, and occasionally movie theaters, June twenty fifth, twenty twenty three. No, no match has been announced yet. Uh, but Fight no. Forever has been announced to release four days later. Woo! And then for WWE, you can watch, of course, at Monday Night Raw, mm-hmm. eight p.m. Eastern on USA Network on Mondays, or Friday Night SmackDown at nine p.m. Eastern on Fox. Uh, upcoming for them on July first. Money, 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 money in the bank. MITB, let's go. It is time for money in the bank season. It is, it is time. We are going to climb, people are going to be climbing ladders, grabbing briefcases. And if you win, and if you win, you, yes, you could get, get a shot at a world title of your choosing. Whenever you want to. Yeah, so that's what's upcoming for uh you can get that watch that on Peacock is part of the it's part of WWE's all their pleas, their PLEs, premium live events. That's all on Peacock now. 
Fuck yeah. Uh, no, that's, uh, the, it's, it's, uh, be sure to check it out, uh, over on the Twitter, folks. We love to talk about this sort of shit. Uh, it's a good time, and if you love listening to us ramble for some reason for hours on end about wrestling, then you'll love it over on Twitter. The voices carry over pretty consistently. So check all of that good shit out with us at Noobs and Knox Pod. Of course, if you want to get in super direct, long-form contact with us, you can email us at noobsandknockoutspod at gmail.com. That's noobs, the word, and knockout pod at gmail.com come say hi to us tell us what you think about the show uh request things you want to see us cover on the show uh tell us how fucking based and red pill do you think our hot takes are or just call us idiots i don't know start discourse with us we we love it we love talking to people we love people saying hi we would love to just say hi back noobs and knockouts pod at gmail.com and of course, finally, you can also find us over on the uh, Patreon, uh, also the Noobs and Knockouts podcast on Patreon. One dollar a month, a simple dollary do, will get you early access to episodes and a shout out at the end of each episode. Shout out, of course, to who else? Friend of the show, Sugar Daddy, Kyle Smith, for being the best patron ever. Enjoy your perks, buddy. If you want to enjoy your perks alongside Kyle, just nice, simple little things. All you got to do is pay us a single, a single little dollar, and you get you get some uh, you get some nice, fun little perks out of there. Uh, so again, that is on our Patreon, and you can find the link for that, by the way, in our Twitter. See y'all next time. Hasta luego.